ladies and gentlemen, the winner of this contest and new intercontinental champion, Ricky the Dragon The winner of this contest announcement has been paid for by the new world order you are now listening to lucha outsider show available on itunes soundcloud and anywhere you listen to podcasts at lucha outsiders everywhere facebook instagram twitter youtube soundcloud and itunes lucha outsider show Congratulations. You played yourself. He's a little sick, he's a little under the weather, but he's alive and well. He's Suplex City, bitch. Yo, 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 let me speak on this. How y'all doing this fine Sunday? Let's talk some wrestling. 
you guys better be hey, happier than that. Hey man, I'm a little, I'm a little under the weather. Well, okay, but Leo has a problem understanding that it doesn't sound the same when we're in studio, or at least two of us in studio, because this comes off kind of weird. Like we don't hear everything. Yeah, yeah it, it is still a little weird. It's a weird vibe to get used to, but you know we're we're gonna push through it. That you know what I mean? What's up, guys? Keep it some normalcy. Yes, Leo expects the same type of like, I don't know, like, ampness, like when we're like live, or at least two of us is live in studio. But it just comes off weird. Like, like even right now with Leo doing the intro, yeah, I can barely hear him. Nice. Yeah, it's a little weird. What's little up? Weird. We'll get through it. What's up, guys? Leo, what's up, bro? Nah. What's up, Leo? Oh, What's up, bro? Just here, bro. Here, enjoying some uh, nice WWE programming. Some uh, something to talk about. Some things going on. Some good. Some bad. So, yeah, we uh, definitely have a talk good, today. Some bad. It, it seems like this week was a lot of bad. Let's just look at it. Some good. Okay. Let's just say you know we're, we're walking. We're, we're breathing. Well, we're gonna get through all that. We're gonna get through all that. But let's start and give our condolences and remembering the great. Howard Finkel, he passed away at the age of 69, uh, a legend for his craft. Uh, there was no one like Howard Finkel. A lot of people don't know, but people always uh, thought that he was from New York. No, he's actually from Newark, New Jersey. He's from Newark? So, uh, there you go. He's from Newark. He's from Newark, New Jersey, so uh, rest in peace to Howard Finkel. Uh, I mean, he didn't really die that old. He was only 69. That's mm -hmm. my father's age, you know? And... Uh, you know, he's been having a rough couple of years after he had a stroke, I believe, in uh, 20, what is it, uh, 2014, 2015. I could be mistaken with that. And then listening to Tommy on Busted Open, something that I didn't know was that Howard Finkel developed like a rare brain disease. So mm -hmm. pretty much how the disease eats you up is the brain this disease starts making the brain smaller and smaller to the point where you don't even realize who you are. So it's kind of like dementia, but a little bit different. Oh, wow. But it was a rare brain, brain disease, and we lost him this week, man, and it sucks. Mm. Uh, Leo, I know you got to uh, meet Howard Finkel a couple of years ago. Uh, what's your thoughts on Howard Finkel? And, you know, how about, you know, talk, tell us Ladies about, you know, yeah. At this time. Well, uh, I was actually pulling something up uh, with Howard Finkel to see the thing with his brain. But now, and, and you know what? Uh, just look at uh, looking and listening to the little video package that, that we put at the beginning. He's been a part of wrestling. Well, you know, in one way or another, you know, all these title wins and new and, and you know, all this. We He's been there for things that I didn't even think of that he was there for. You know what I mean? Like, I remember him in, you know, a lot of these uh, um, matches uh, calling the, you know, who's coming in and who's the winner. But he was just there. And, yeah, I got to meet him at WrestleMania 30 when we went down there. That was actually him and uh, me and Gene were the first two people, first two wrestlers that I got to meet that weekend at Access. Uh, and uh, I got to take a picture with them. Uh, and they were actually making fun of my cast on how I got hurt. So, yeah, it was uh, it was fun. So, Sam, your thoughts? Oh, man. Um, Howard Finkel, to me, is just childhood memories. Um, I made a post on Instagram when he had passed, and I just remember being a little kid, watching Coliseum video with my action figures, my little Hasbro action figures, and I'd have them come out to the ring. I even have a little boombox set up, 
and had their like music and if i didn't have like the the wwe volume that actually had their theme music on i would just like make some stuff up like i remember uh i used to have um like kid rock uh come out mm -hmm. with triple h or some shit like that and i always <laughs> do like a really bad howard imprint uh howard impression um i was really sad about it because he really is the greatest of all time when you talk about ring announcers in my yeah. opinion um I just remember the the memories with X Pac, with mm -hmm. Chris Jericho, uh, with Harvey Whippleman. Yeah. You know he was always good for getting in the ring and having like a, a gag ha ha moment and stuff like that. And uh, one thing we got to remember is he was WWF's first employee, um, mm -hmm. so he's been through a lot. And yeah. you think about the segments he had even off camera. Out think to think was a big thing online. Mm -hmm. um, if you go back on WWE.com and try to outthink the Fink. He used to be able to win like a prize, but the guy knew like everything about wrestling. He was like a, a trivia, um, you know, fanatic. Yeah. Uh, it's a major loss for the wrestling community and you know, it sucks. Um, he was only 69. That's, that's not that, <laughs> it's not that old when you think about it. And, not at uh, all. That's my father's age, man. Yeah. So he, he's definitely going to be missed. Um, the greatest, in my opinion, the greatest of all time. So, yeah. what about you, uh, Mario? Any thoughts? Uh, hurt anything? Uh, I, I'm sad, man. Especially with the week that we just had, and we're gonna get through get to the details of all the other negative stuff that came out this week. But it's just sad, you know. His age, 69, like Sam said, is not that old. Uh, you know, he transcended. And new, you know, I yeah. can't do a fake voice, but that's that was his gimmick. You know, when we were kids playing with action figures and stuff, and we used to have our wrestlers come out, and somebody used to pin uh, another wrestler for a cardboard championship because you couldn't afford the actual little title belt or whatever. <laughs> yeah, he would do the announcement as and new, like he just had this um style about him. Mm. And one thing, and this is not knocking any of the current announcers now, yeah. like Lillian Garcia. And and Justin Roberts from AEW, something about Howard Finkel's appearance, the way he was dressed, it just set it just set an example of being very professional. And I'm not saying mm -hmm. that these other announcers don't dress well either; they do. But something about Howard's attire just seemed special. You get what I'm saying, Sam? Yeah, he was always in like a tuxedo, like yes. uh, if he was going to like a, a ball or something like that. Um, <laughs> man, and you think about it, you can go back and look at some of the first stuff that WWF put out on, on tape and go on the, on the, um, on the network where he had the microphone coming down from the ceiling For at MSG. And, yeah. And back in the day, um, he used to say the last name twice, like, uh, Mr. Kennedy, uh, if you get some of that stuff from the early eighties, you know what I mean? He, he used to throw that last name twice. Um, just a class act. And, I regret not going up to him. I've seen him at a, a couple conventions and I just, I didn't go up to him just because, you know, I didn't have the money or like, I didn't see, you know, the importance at the time because maybe, you know, Scott Hall was there, Hulk Hogan was there, you know what I mean? Some of these other bigger names that you think about, man, I regret not getting that photo. So, mm -hmm. uh, again, we've spoke about it a lot. If you go to these conventions after this COVID-19 stuff, uh, slows down, if you see one of the older legends, go up, shake their hand. If they let you, maybe give you a fist pound now. You know, it's a different world now. And 
yep. and take that photo, you know what I mean? And, and tell them, give them the roses while they're alive because, Damn. you know, tomorrow's not promised. Uh, so I actually searched to see if Howard Finkel ever had a, a figurine from the WWE. He never did. The only thing that he had was a four-part series of WWE flashbacks where you could build your own Howard Finkel. So if you got Cowboy Bob Orton, you got Finkel's head and mic. If you got the Million Dollar Man, you got his torso. If you got Ravishing Ray Rude, you got his arms. And if you got Sergeant Slaughter, you got his legs. So there you go. Well, <laughs> you did well, have I'll a Howard Finkel I'll figure. I'll tell you what. Now that he fucking passed away, I bet WWE's going to capitalize and make a fucking figure out. Of course. But but you know what? And 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 I was actually watching a video this morning about uh, another one that we lost last year was Mean Gene. You know, mm -hmm. Mean Gene also had a, a, a such an influence in what we did. You know, Finkel stayed true to the WWE. Uh, I don't think he ever jumped to WCW, did he? No, Finkel never did. He listen. I'll tell you a story right now. Tommy just said it on Busted Open this mm. week that Tommy gave him a House of Hardcore shirt, right? Yeah. And he kept telling Howard Finkel, "Hey, when you get better, you should announce it at the Philadelphia, uh, you know, twenty three hundred arena." Yeah. And Howard Finkel's response would be like. I'm not doing it, Tommy. Vince is going to get mad. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and and you know what? Uh, with me and Gene and Fink, you know, both of those guys, they actually were part of our childhood. And one thing that I did learn this week, too, and Chris Brown, thank you for, for reminding it. Um, did you guys hear what happened with Fink and um, Eddie Guerrero when he passed? Yeah, I read that article. Yeah, uh, I think, uh, where did I listen? I think Vicky. I listened. Vicky. Vicky, Vicky uh, said it on the Twitter. So if that, you guys don't, uh, you don't know, want Eddie to go alone, yeah. yep, yeah, Vicky posted on Twitter. See, I didn't know that either. And and you know what? And those are things that kind of show you the type of person that they are. Um, you know, I think we all saw also the Andre the Giant things that we've seen, and with uh, that referee that I keep forgetting is uh, Tim White, right? Um, Tim White, yep. Where Tim White. now you hear so many stories about Tim White, so many stories about Howard Finkel, so many stories about even me and Gene that kind of goes to show you, you know what, they, they were not one of the boys, if you will, because they were, you know, the, the referees, but they mm -hmm. were part of the boys that, you know, they, they were part of that camaraderie and, and all that. So, you know what? Yeah. Condolences to, to what's going on. And I think somebody just put just close 2020, right? We're having such a bad year. Oh, yeah. When Howard, <laughs> uh, when Howard Finkel passed away, when the news came out, I'm like, just cancel 2020 at this point. Like, it, it's just a terrible year, you know? Yeah. Not a great year to say the least. Let's hope things get better, man. All right. Well, moving on to there's not an easy transition. There's not an easy transition here. But before we transition to our next topic that we're going to talk about, mm -hmm. I forgot to do it. So I'm going to do it now. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Hashtag it's Red Bull time. It's always Red Bull time. Ah, that's good stuff right there. All right. Red Bull, Red Bull needs to cut us a check, bro. <laughs> they do. They do. They do. Hey, Rebel, I'll let you boy. All right. Um, so a lot of releases happened this weekend, and we're gonna go down through the whole list. We're gonna we're gonna go through every single talent that got released. All right, okay. but not including the talent, but over a hundred employees, WWE employees got also either furloughed or fired, released, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. It was a sad day on April fifteenth. That was the day before Howard Finkel passed away, because yeah. a lot of people lost their jobs. And man, it's it, it fucked up, you know, because the way I look at it is on Monday, there's a press release just saying that the WWE is now considered an essential, right? So 
some of these towns, not all of them, some of them were sending it home, let's be honest here, but some of these towns were still going to work, right? Putting their health on the line, and you were considered an essential, right? Mm-hmm. Just, just let me know the Linda, day before. Because Linda, Linda McMahon is in bed with somebody, let's be honest here, but this ain't a positive <laughs> show. We're not going to make it positive show. But they're now considered an essential. Mm-hmm. And then two days later, you get all these people getting fired. So WWE is saving 700000 estimate per month, right? In savings, they're doing about a four. Four million in savings, so 700000 700, 700, per month, depending on the town, okay. roughly. And savings are saving about four million. If that makes any sense. Okay. So we're gonna go through the the list right now of all the people that got clipped, not just talent. So I think what we should do is we should go through every talent, and uh, or should, you want me to go through all the talents now and then kind of pick them one by one to see what their future holds. Or do you want to? No, I think if we if we pick them uh, one by one, we go through them because ultimately, you know, a lot of them are just going to keep uh, returning. Because the first thing everybody's going to say, "Oh, invasion angle AEW," but I don't it's think fucking stupid. Let me tell you something. Yeah. If you're one of these idiots that say, "Oh, this is a great pickup for AEW," let's relax. The world's not normalized yet. Yeah. Nobody's going to be signing anybody. <laughs> And for the idiots that are so narrow-minded, like, oh, I only watch WWE, Do you think these towns care what we watch or what we don't watch? No, they're trying to get paid. So you think AEW is going to offer deals to all of these towns? Absolutely not. you got Impact that's going to offer some of these individuals jobs. MLW, Ring of Honor, which Ring of Honor is paying their employees to this day still, even though they haven't been running shows. New Japan, trust me, they're going to pick up some of these towns too, which also they're paying these employees even though they haven't run into any shows. You have all these companies that are going to offer these people deals. Of course. Not just AEW. And let's not act like AEW's roster ain't already jacked. Yeah, yeah. There's not many, uh, not much room anymore on the AEW roster. There's only so many spots, you know what I mean? And they only have one show right now. You know, you, you could say AEW Dark is a show, but really is it you know what i mean like if you got to go searching for it i was having this conversation with somebody this past week and don't get me wrong i know joey janela is getting paid good for him but before he went to aw to me not financially but wrestling stock as him as a whole i feel like his wrestling stock has gone down a bit compared to what he was doing in the indies yeah there's a lot of talent on aw that you either see them in dark or you really don't see them on dynamite that much. Well, that's yeah. the thing. There's, it, some, there's some people stock, that are, have a stacked roster. And, and when you when you add how many 30 something people that that were uh, that were let go if you will, even if you bring in 5, that's still TV time that you have to fill. Even if you figure 10 minutes each, that's an hour if you just bring in 5. So again, they're not all going to go to AEW. They're not all going to uh, go to to the next big leagues, if you will. Um, some of them may be going to Japan. All right, let's go through some names real quick. I think some of them we're gonna skim by because we either don't know them or we never see them on TV. Uh-huh. This is a big one. Actually, the news broke out yesterday. Cashizono, aka Chris Hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, they moved into the WWE alumni. Uh, and this is and this ain't this is kind of a speculation that he got uh released. Yeah. 
Cash's own or Chris Hill could actually be put, playing with the audience, controlling the audience by putting that on his Twitter handle too. So let's say if he's released. I think this is a guy that's been underutilized mm-hmm. in WWE. And whether he goes to the Indies, he goes back to Ring of Honor, wherever he goes. Hey, I wouldn't even mind seeing him pop up at NWA. Wherever he goes, he's a name that he could do something with. Yeah, absolutely. I feel kind of bad for him because he got the label good hand slapped on him, which um, for people that aren't really aware, what happens is when you're a guy that could go in the ring and make anybody look good with you, if you could pull off a good match with anybody, you get that label slapped on you. Unfortunately, we've seen it happen with Dolph Ziggler and some other talents, and a lot of these talents that we're going to go down the list have that label. So they put him as almost like an enhancement talent. We've seen him get people over like Matt Riddle. Um, you know, I think he had a, a – I think I, I might be recalling it wrong. He might have had a, a, um, a program with Ricochet when he was in NXT. And he was kind of just sitting in NXT, just kind of helping guys get to that next level, yeah. kind of teaching them the ropes and, you know, getting that final polish on them right before they get called up to. He was, he was a gatekeeper. Cash owner was a gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. Anytime they had like a debuting new talent in NXT that had a lot of buzz behind them, guess who would be doing the job? Chris yeah. Hero. Yeah. Yeah. So. But now, um, is that a bad thing that, that they get called a good hand? It depends on how you look at it. Mm-hmm. I if mean, he's just if, looking for a check, is not bad, right? Uh-huh. Like if I were if I were him, I would be content with that because let's let's face it. How old is he? I mean, his his better years are behind him. You know what I mean? Um, he not saying that he's um, not still great. I'm sure he's he could 40. put on a fantastic match still with anybody anywhere. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't think he was expecting to go in and main event WrestleMania. You know what I'm saying? Um, no, but better that than being, enhancement talent, don't you think? Right. Well, that being said, I feel like I would love to see him back in Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. I feel like with Ring of Honor, uh, their cash flow with Sinclair and you know Marty being a little bit more in control of things, I feel like if Ring of Honor were to pick up some of these talents, it could be a nice shot of uh, you know juice in into their into their fucking you know bloodstream and you know mm-hmm. get some of uh, those old fans back you know that watched chris hero and ring of honor and things like that and we've seen ring of honor going back to their roots and doing some of these old shows kind of like harkening back to the older days of when they first started up so i would love to see chris hero back in uh in ring of honor personally mm-hmm. All right, I'm gonna read out read up a couple names now. They're NXT talents. I don't think we're gonna have much to say about them, but mm-hmm. they did get released this week. So you got Tina Sapatelli, Cesar Bonet, Mars Wang, and the other yeah. one is Tainara Contney. Tainara, uh, Tainara, she's the Brazilian chick in NXT. She's the only one that stands out out of those four names that I just read. Mm-hmm. Um, she was getting a lot of shine in NXT here or there. She has a great look. I think she could, you know, she could do a little something, something in another promotion, whether it's Ring of Honor or, you know, maybe go to Impact or something. I think she could make mm-hmm. some noise. You know, she's not necessarily bad at the ring. I would call her a ring general, but uh, she's something. She's definitely, she has a good look to her, you know? Now, her her Instagram still says Taikanti WWE. Is that something that WWE makes for them or it depends on the wrestler? I think it depends on the wrestler. I think No Way Jose still has WWE on his, uh, mm-hmm. you know, on Instagram and Twitter. I, you know, maybe they're just being lazy, not changing it, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
Well, and and let's hope, you know, with all these people, let's hope that they find something, you know, something. You don't want them to, to basically not eat, you know. Um, and I think just by you having that label, you know what? I was at the WWE. This whole pandemic thing messed everything up, and, and I was let go. You know, it, it's not like it's, you know, cutting measures because the, the company is going under. It's just, uh, you know, like saving money type of thing. All right. So the next couple of names we got here is uh, Nick Camaro. I'm assuming he's an NXT talent. Mm-hmm. Alyssa Marino, uh, Dan Maffa, MJ Jenkins, well, and Diana Perrazzo. Dan Maffa, the guy down here, right? From uh... No, 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 no. no. You think uh. of somebody else. Dan Maffa is from Ring of Honor. Oh, uh, okay. And this is so, Dan uh, Maffa? Uh-huh. Dan Maffa. So you have, um, out of those names, they're also NXT talents. The one that stands out the most is another female, Diana Perrazzo. Mm-hmm. This is a chick. She has a great look. She's from New Jersey as well. I've seen her in Ring of Honor and the Independence, and then she got picked up by WWE, and they just didn't do much with her. Yeah. She has a great look. She's the type of girl that you could build the whole division around her. Mm-hmm. So whether she ends up going back to Ring of Honor or maybe AEW gets that shot in the arm with Diana Perrazzo, they could definitely do something with her. Yeah. No, yeah. and and let, you know, let's hope that they do something. Um. Again, go, going back to what I said before, and and, uh, and and again, I think with everything that's going on, I don't think anything's going to go back to normal, if you will, uh, going into next year. So, uh, you know, uh, and again, a lot of this is also acting. So maybe uh, they could transition into something like that. Like I could see Diana maybe transitioning into something like that because she does have, you know, the look. Uh, Sam? Uh, for every woman on this list, they don't need to worry. Because mm-hmm. every company besides oh. WWE needs female talent. Um, WWE has the most stacked female roster on the planet, and mm-hmm. and their male roster, even though they don't utilize their male roster as well as they're doing their females sometimes. Um, I'm not worried for the females on this list because AEW definitely needs female talent. Ring of Honor has their their um, you know women of honor. Uh, situation going on that definitely needs a shot in the arm and uh impact i mean let's be honest that's where the women's revolution or evolution really started when you think about women's wrestling so any of these talents that got cut by wwe uh are going to be fine i i feel like when you're talking about the women's division all right so the we got alexander Jacksick. I'm assuming he's an NXT talent because I, I don't remember him. He doesn't stand out right now. Mm-hmm. And then we got a big one right here, which I think all of us could have uh, different opinions about him, where he might end up. But that's Rusev. This is a guy that should have been a world champion in WWE. This is a guy that when he was giving chicken shit, he made chicken salad out of it. And they just never, they never went full-fledged with him. His biggest shining moment, I think, was having the match with John Cena at WrestleMania 31, which he ended up doing the job in, mm-hmm. you know, coming out with the tank and stuff, which was cool. But, man, this is a guy that they just never went all the way with the guy. I don't understand. Going back to Rusev Day with him and Aiden English, which is another guy that got released. When they were Rusev Day tag team, I'm not, I don't understand why they never put the tag titles on those two. Mm-hmm. They had a good connection together. They were super over. When I was in WrestleMania in New Orleans, WrestleMania 34, the loudest pop for Rusev Day was fucking insane. It's probably the or one of the loudest pops in that whole night. 
I don't understand why they never pulled the trigger on Rusev Day as a tag team. I don't understand why ne- they never went full force with Rusev. But this guy's over, and whether he goes to New Japan, which I think he could be a monster in, or AEW picks him up, or he just cruises in the Indies, this dude's going to get paid. He's always going to be a star, no matter what, whether he's the name Rusev or not, because you know he's not going to be Rusev anymore. Yeah. Something else, which he, is fine. I think we should support this guy wherever he ends up going. I think he changed it over to uh, his real name, uh, his uh, handle on on Twitter, but stuff could change. Um me personally, I think Rusev can make it anywhere. You know, like you said before, you know, if he's able to turn what he was given, which was, hey, this full-fledged heel, one-dimensional character, uh, this forgettable um, heel in movies, kind of like Marvel. You know, can you actually remember all the heels that have been in Marvel? But then Rusev took that and changed it into the whole Rusev day, into the whole, you know, uh, even when they're on uh, Total Divas. Um, even on there, so he's a charismatic guy. Yeah. Uh, hey, and I like the mustache. I like that look. So hey, I don't. I don't think he'll have problems. Sammy. Man, you think about what they actually gave him and what he turned it into. You, you look at the time frame. He they gave him a, a foreigner, uh, you know, gimmick a Russian that goes back. <laughs> yeah, that goes back to like the eighties. The whole like Russian deal because I guess we were having uh, like odds with Putin at the time and he, he wasn't even Russian. Yeah, and, Vladimir and then, Putin. Yeah, and like what he turned like evolved it into. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's amazing to think about. And the guy he's got in ring chops. He could go. Um, I honestly I think he's gonna wind up in New Japan, but he can go wherever the hell he wants and he'll yeah. be a star like Mario said. Because the guy has it. He's got the look. He's big. And he's charismatic. You know what I mean? But I would love, in my mind, I would love to see him go over to New Japan and have some of those hard-hitting, strong-style matches with some of those New Japan uh, guys over there. And then, you know, make his way back to the States. Do something like what John Moxley's doing, Chris Jericho's doing, something like that. Maybe he goes to AEW. Maybe he even shows up at NWA and, and brings back the... The old, uh, you yeah, know, yeah. Maker or something yeah, like yeah, that. That would be, I'll be into that. All right. Yeah. Uh, this is a person. Listen, by the way, some of these talents that got clipped, I either don't know much about them because I, I never really seen them in NXT like that, or they probably just had a cup of coffee. And then some of them I just don't care about. That doesn't mean that I'm going to be insensitive and just be like, go oh, fuck, they could fuck themselves. I just don't care about them like that, but I still feel bad that they lost their job, right? And the next person I really don't care about, I feel bad he lost his job. That's no way, Jose. I don't give two shits Come about on. no. Come on, no way, Jose was good. It was terrible. It was. It was. No. It was terrible. I, I think this is another guy that that was given shit to work with. He just never had a chance, or I think the fortitude to be able to say no. I'm not doing half of this stuff. He basically just filled in for that other party guy. I even forget his name. Uh, Adam Rose. Adam Rose. Adam Rose. That, he basically just filled in for him. You know, like, hey, we'll get rid of Adam Rose. Hey, do we have anybody else that could kind of do this? Um, now, with a lot of these people, yeah, you're going to kind of keep seeing the thing over and over again. And also remember, WWE in itself was overstacked because when we started hearing everything about AEW, what WWE did was just sign people just to sign them. Yeah, because they, they, they don't want people to leave. They don't want nobody to go to the competition, which... 
it's a shame because a lot of these, and we're going to go through some names that they picked up where they offered them big money deals and they just let them go. It's like, dude, like, it's, it's competition yeah. makes the wrestling world better. All yeah, right? but, but that's not the way WWE works. So, again, now you have a full stack roster, which you're paying for them to just come and hang out in the back. And if you're an essential work and you're losing money and this and that, of course you're going to let half of your roster go. Uh, Sam, any, any thoughts on No Way Jose? <laughs> No way, bro. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, all right, all right. We'll put we'll put these these two together. No so way, got, Jose uh, is gonna be the breakout star of twenty twenty one. I called it. No, uh, you do really? I'm good. I'm good. I'm all right. Congratulations. There it is. <laughs> okay, the next names we got is uh, we'll put them together. Mike Bennett, aka Mike Canellis, and Maria Canellis. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're talented, you know. Um, I know people were giving them shit because of, uh, you know, how they kind of played the WWE, how uh, Mike Bennett kind of went on a rant, and then uh, he he ended up signing, like, a new deal, like, I think, like, a week or something later. Listen, they're talented. They just haven't been using their full potential in WWE. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, a lot of people remember them in the kingdom where they were in Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. Also, they had a great run in Impact Wrestling. So whether he goes back to the Indies, or he ends up going back to Impact, or maybe even Ring of Honor. I think these two as a pairing, there's something, and uh, you know, I'll be looking forward to seeing them because they, they are talented, both of them. And Maria's definitely the more Maria's definitely the Shawn Michaels of the two. Let's be honest. <laughs> Sam, I think, I think taking Sam a break. Taking a uh, break. All right, no problem. So no, I, and and I think you're right. You know, with with everything that's going on, um, with uh, with Mike and Maria. I think just everything that happened between them, you know, like the whole timeline, if you look at it like, hey, you know what? Yeah, they're, they're coming in. No, then they're not coming in. Oh, she's pregnant. She's not pregnant. You sign the deal. And then a couple of days later, oh, she's pregnant again. You know, like as as a boss, I would have let you go a long time ago. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like as a boss. You know, it, it's you know? kind of, you know, when I look at it, when they first went back to the WWE, they had so much steam. Like everybody's like, oh, my God, you know based on what they were doing in Impact, no. oh, this is going to be good. And they just kind of gave them this weird love gimmick. Yeah, which it didn't they fit. They purposely put Maria's last name, Pinellas, onto Mike, even though he's, everybody knows him as Mike Bennett. And it was just so weird. And the dude could work. It's not like no. he can't work. And right now he's in the best shape he's ever been. It's just a shame that they really didn't like do much with him. But once again, going back to what you were saying before, WWE just hired all these talents because they don't want them to go anywhere. Yeah. No. Now, do you th- you feel he was typecasted as, hey, we don't know you, but we know Maria, so we're just going to give you her name? Do you think that that's what happened? I think Vince just was like, who the fuck is Mike Bennett? Yeah. I know Maria Canellis. We're going to throw that last name on. <laughs> you know, just to be different. Canellis is good shit. <laughs> pretty much, you know, but hopefully wherever they end up going, they, they get used right and they kind of take control on their creative. You know what I mean? Because yeah. nowadays, when it comes to like AW, Impact, MLW, and Ring of Honor, pretty much every company except WWE, you know, they have a little they have a little say in what yeah. how they want to be portrayed, and they give them a little bit more leeway yeah. for these talents, you know. So, what, what uh, do you think about that, Sammy? All right, so this is what I got to say about it: Mike Nellis and some of these other guys, and even some of the guys that are still in the roster, he's a victim of the WWE dropping the ball with the cruiserweight division. When they started this cruiserweight division, they started it off 
really great with the you know the tournament and everything like that. Yeah. Then they bring it on the Raw. They change the rope color to purple. They give it a purple title. People are like, oh, this is a popcorn match. And they did the complete opposite of what WCW did with the with the cruiserweights, mm-hmm. and it almost became like an afterthought. When you saw those purple ropes go up, it was like, all right, let me go to the bathroom. Let me go get yep. some popcorn. Let me see if I could get a souvenir cup. You know what I mean? And let me let me get a John Cena foam hand. Yeah. <laughs> hey man, it's gonna be worth money. Wow, twenty years from now. What you, what you fucking left at the arena? I know. Some some kid is it's enjoying be, that right now. I it's hope. gonna be worth money for some kid. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that was a good deal, man. Five bucks for a foam hand. You can't go wrong with that. Anyway. No, the best deal was free when they found it when you dropped it. <laughs> yeah. Guy, bro. Yeah. Anyway. Poor Mike Canales, you know what I mean? He, uh, you know, he had a little bit of a drug problem. He got his act together, mm-hmm. and it could have been a really great comeback story had they, you know, had they gone with it. But then they went the complete opposite way with it, I guess, when he resigned, and then they found out that she was pregnant and then turned him into, like, this cuck character, which is repug. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, you know, I kind of feel for the guy because, you know, Everybody's human. Everybody makes mistakes and things like that. But again, this goes back to WWE just not doing the right thing when you talk about yeah. the cruiserweight division. And you see that they're trying to fix. You know what I mean? They, oh, they, they changed the belt color. They got they got a tournament going on now, and it's taken a little bit more seriously. But and, and it's staying on NXT, which mm-hmm. is probably where it should have stayed to begin with. Um, you know, they're trying to fix it, but I don't know. It might be too late, especially now that you got, you know, Mike gone. You got, a, a, you know, I don't want to jump ahead, but you got Leo Rush gone. You got yeah. a bunch of these guys that were the big names of the Cruiserweight division coming into it. They're not there no more. You but, know what I mean? Do, do so. you think, do you think, Sam, and you're talking about the Cruiserweight division uh, with, with NXT and everything. Do you think that uh, a lot of the time that division like, and, and this is why I say, right? So in WCW, it didn't feel like the flavor of the month. In WCW, it was like, we're going to stick to this because we know it's going to work and we're going to work through it. We may not have great matches because we all remember, you know, the, the Rey Mysterios and uh, and Eddie's and the Jericho's. But maybe you don't remember those shitty matches with, you know, the, the fat guy. I don't know. Um, but at the end of the day, what I'm saying is this: they had some midgets in the in the in the cruiserweight division WCW. Bro, Leo, I don't know what the fuck. Listen, you're talking no, no, about, but listen, 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 <laughs> listen, listen, listen. In WWE, the cruiserweight division, okay, feels like the flavor of the month. Like they'll stay on it for a month, two months, three months, but then they'll move away from it, and then it'll become an, a, an afterthought. Wherein is in ECW and WCW, the cruiserweight division was there it wasn't like hey we're gonna wake up today and we're gonna change the ropes hey we're gonna wake up today we're gonna change the title hey we're gonna wake up today and change half of the roster it never felt that way in, w- in no, wwe it does they didn't I, they didn't isolate the division on an island but that's what i'm saying right. do you feel like wwe treats this whole division as a flavor of the month well they they, they put that stigma on it in the beginning and now that they have they're not doing that anymore and they kind of moved into nxt which they should have done to begin with mm-hmm. Now they're starting to kind of build the foundation once again. But kind of like what Sam said is like you kind of lost a lot of those big shining stars in the cruiserweight division. Now, I still don't think 
that the cruiserweight division is going to fail, especially in NXT. And we're going to talk about the cruiserweight division later because they got some big names right now in the tournament. But, you know, when they first revamped it, they brought this new cruiserweight division out. The worst thing they did was isolate it on an island. All right? That's the worst thing they did. So they doomed it to begin with. Yeah. And especially, like, leaving 205 Live to be taped after SmackDown. Why would you do that? Yeah, and then going with the excuse, well, if they're that good, then the people will stay. The people don't know them, bro. No, you know what no. I mean? They don't you gotta know. build these stars. You gotta build these stars. All right, so let's talk about these two, these two, these, uh, these two next talents that a lot of us didn't even know they were still employed, and that's Primo and Epico. <laughs> they're, they're great in the ring, but let's be honest here. The second Carlito, Carlito got let go, these two were doomed because the star, the main star of the family, Carlito. He wasn't there no more, so they gave these two the worst gimmick. Puerto Rican hotel salesmen. Then you had um, Los the other ones. They were in masks, the matadors. They were giving shit all the time. So I was thinking to myself today, when I was looking through this list, I was thinking to myself, all right, Primo and Epico, I know they're in Puerto Rico right now. They're, mm-hmm. they're helping their dad at WWC, the World Wrestling Council. And I'm thinking, like, okay, if they were doing something in the States, what they would do, right? So I'm going through every promotion, right? And I'm thinking, like, where can they go or whatever? I'm like, could they do a little run ring of, ring of honor? Yeah, I don't see them going to AEW. Could they potentially go to Impact? Eh, maybe. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. And the one that stands out the most, especially right now, I already have their first booking idea. If I was mm. to be a booker for Primo and Epico, you know where they should go? And they should go to MLW. Why? Because their tag division is lacking. They need more taxes. And two, right now they have a feud um, with the Dynasty or whatever. The Dynasty right now, they need someone to challenge them, right? Mm-hmm. And I think these two would be the perfect opponents for the dynasty. Yeah, I could definitely see that, bro. Uh, them coming to save the day one day when Savio Vega Savio Vega keeps getting attacked, you know, because uh, my man Rick Holiday thinks he's the Caribbean champion or whatever. So we need the pride of Puerto Rico. And then Savio Vega calls up his buddies. You see Primo and Epic on, I think that will bring like a good story to MLW. Yeah, I would love to see that. That's definitely like fantasy dream match booking right there and it works perfect with the the storyline but in my opinion i don't see them coming off the island of puerto rico man they they're very they're very comfortable you know what i mean they're bad promotion and things like that we saw the same thing with carlito when he got let go he made a couple of indie (laughs) bookings uh but he never really jumped back into the full swing of things um but like you said man that that is intriguing and I hope, I hope they get, uh, you know, called from Court, Court Bowers, the guy that that runs it, right? Yeah. MLW. Court Bauer runs MLW. Yeah, I hope Court fucking gives him a call and like sees the same thing you just saw because I didn't even think about that. That that's genius booking, right? Yeah, and listen, listen, Sam. I'm just a talker. That's what I do. I'm just a talker. <laughs> that's good <laughs> shit, bro. All good right, shit. let's go with the. Uh, oh, uh, Leo, any thoughts on Alpine One Epico before we move on? I mean, when your dad owns the territory, you don't have to move. Exactly. <laughs> you're exactly. right. You're right. You're right. And by the way, was it Primo that failed the drug test? He didn't fail the drug test for the drugs. He, he just failed, failed the no drug test. Well, exactly. He failed it because he couldn't make it back in time. Just yeah. saying. And they didn't want to pay for his flight. Just saying. Just saying. Just want to make sure we All put right. that out there before a report okay. say. Go. So let's uh let's move on to another name. Listen, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't care too much about this guy, 
but I do hope to see him, somebody, you know, pick him up and maybe he could be like a muscle or a heavy for someone. And that's Rowan. He was, to me, he was the weakest guy in the Wyatt family. Mm-hmm. Uh, we knew when he was tagging with Luke Harper, Luke was, you know, Brody Lee was the, the, the Shawn Michaels of the two. Uh, him with Daniel Bryan was cool because he was a heavy for Daniel Bryan. But man, this guy is another guy that is just like, I don't get it, man. You know, I, he seems like a great dude. I'm not saying he's terrible in the ring, because I think one of the best matches happened uh, not too long ago. I think it happened in 2019 when he had that uh, no DQ match with uh, Roman Reigns. Yeah. Um, he can work. I won't say he's uh, the best worker, but the dude can work, and maybe he can end up in another promotion and be the heavy for somebody, you know? Yeah. I just hope, you know, there's two things that stand out in my mind when I think about Rowan, and it's not the good things that he did with the Wyatt family or being the heavy for Daniel Bryan. When I think about Rowan, I think about that stupid fucking spider, and I think about him doing the job to The Rock in like a second at, you know, uh, Dallas WrestleMania. Was that 32 or some shit? Yeah, it was a terrible WrestleMania, by the way. Yeah, but can, can you yeah. really put that on him, though? No, like, I don't put it on him. I put that on, you know, the booking, you know what I mean? The creative that he was given, but Man, that's that's what I remember him for. You know, what I mean, it's a, it's a shame because he's done a lot. You know, the Blood and Brothers that was a pretty stupid fucking name and stuff like that. But like, you know, they they had a tag team run. They won the tag titles at WrestleMania, and then you think about you know the run with the Wyatt family. I love the Wyatt family, the original, you know, incarnation of the three guys um, before they they brought Braun up. Um, and even when they brought Braun up, it was all right. But um, yeah, and he, even his heavy work with Daniel Bryan was was good stuff. But Man, that fucking spider and doing the job just stands out to me real like <laughs> doing the job to the rock real quick. You know what I mean? Um, it's just like, you know, there's not much you could do about the spider. Boom, one, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um speaking of not caring, and listen, like I said, I feel bad that these people lost their jobs, but I just don't care. And this person has has been in the indies, has been making a name for herself in the independence before she signed to the WWE. But in my opinion, her whole WWE run has been a total, complete bust, and that's Sarah Logan. No disrespect to her, but she does nothing for me. I know she has a previous um, career in the independence before signing to the WWE, mm. but man, when I tell you, every, she to me is like Apollo Crews. When I see them in my TV, I just want to change the channel because I don't give a shit. You didn't like the face paint? It's terrible. <laughs> Yeah, she's a baby. She's she's young. Um, I could see her coming back down the line uh, when she gets a little bit of the, the greenness, when she starts ripening up. She needs a little bit more time in the oven, if you will. Um, she's just not ready yet. She doesn't have it. She doesn't. She could find it. She just needs more experience. And I think, like, like I said uh, earlier, she'll have no problem finding work because she has the experience of working in WWE. And that goes a long way when we talk about some of these other companies, you know, going out there in front of a live crowd and, and things like that. Some of these other companies tape their shows. So, you know, having that WWE experience goes a long way. She'll yep. have no problem finding work in AEW, Ring of Honor, Impact. If she wants to go make that trip to New Japan, she could do that as well. She could just do any bookings. And, and still learn on the ropes, just doing these little independent promotions. We talk about Wrestle Pro or, or um, you know, HOG or some of these other like little rinky dink uh, promotions all around the uh, the country, and you know, sharpen the, sharpen them teeth up and and come back 
but uh, like like you said, bro, she um, she was very very vanilla, man. She didn't really come off that that great. She had like a Viking gimmick, and how many Viking gimmicks can you really have when you got the Viking Raiders, the Viking Express, the Viking Warriors, whatever the, the fuck Viking you want to call experience. them. Yeah, and you know, Riot Squad was good, but you know, they broke them up, and she kind of just fell flat. She was the one that really just didn't stand out. When she was like, she, she was like you just said, she was the one that didn't stand out. When you looked at the Riot Squad, you either looked at Ruby Riot or you looked at Liv Morgan. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, how many Vikings can you have, bro? All right, the next two hurt me right here, man. Right here in the field. Right here. Right here, it, it killed me, and I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me! You offered them all this type of money, they resign, and then you just let them go like that after you? They were in one of the main events of WrestleMania, mm-hmm. and that's the Good Brothers, Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows. Man, this one killed me because it's like, fuck! You're not they the just only lost one. the job, and they're not gonna, and they're not gonna. It's not like they're gonna have a hard time finding work because you know New Japan is. You know, Gato's making that phone call right now to Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. Like, yo, <laughs> we want you guys back. But, man, and I feel bad for AJ. You know, they started doing something with the OC. Now, by the way, by the way, when that OC merch goes on clearance, you know I'm copying shirts. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, And also, I remember, you, they, they didn't they win the cup? The tag team yeah, cup? The, great, the best tag team in the world. They yeah. won the cup. So, I mean, the cup doesn't really mean it. But no, but what, what I'm saying is this: you're right. You know, with all the money that, that again, but I think the underlying uh, the the underlying out of all this is that you just sign guys so they don't go somewhere else. You know, mm-hmm. like with with uh, Anderson and Gallows. You know, at least you were using them, but you weren't using them like what you signed them to use them for. You know, they what I mean? they were misused the second they got there. You yeah. know, they paired them up with AJ, which was great. They, I think they won the tag titles twice. But, man, they, they could have done so much more with them, especially – think about it. WWE had a lot of main players from the Bullet Club at the same time. AJ Styles, the Good Brothers, Finn Balor. If you want to throw Adam Cole in there, they had major players in the Bullet Club, and they couldn't put them the fuck together. Yeah. Why? I'll tell you why. Because Vince didn't think of it. And Vince didn't think of it. It comes from outside of the WWE. His biggest fear is for people to watch stuff that's not WWE related. So you harken back to a group that's coming from New Japan, it's coming from Ring of Honor and all these other promotions, and you bring it to WWE, and then you have somebody like us tell some of these WWE fans that just watch WWE product, hey, this happened before in this promotion. And they go, huh, oh, let me go check that out. And they go get the New Japan World app, and next thing you know, they're turn, tuning in to New Japan more than they're turning into WWE. That's Vince McMahon's biggest fear. So, so why would you even call it the OC? Why would you even call it the original? Why would you even they call still, it the club? Yeah, they still, they're still playing off the club. Yeah, yeah. I think it got to a point, what do we do with these guys? What are we going to do with I feel, them? And I feel bad also for AJ, because AJ you know, went on his uh, Mixer account, which is like a gaming type of streaming shit, and he's, saying, he's heartbroken about it. He's definitely saying, like, I feel like I failed as a big brother, because I saw them as my little brothers, their family, and I, I couldn't do anything to prevent this. He feels terrible. Yeah, well, it, it, like, like I said, it comes down to, to creative, you know what I mean? And they probably, you know, you can't even blame creative all the time. It, it comes down to Vince. They probably were 
pushing for this and pushing for it. And then finally Vince gave in and was like, all right, fine. We'll call him the clock. Man, call them both, love, because that's already trade Mark. Well, I will we'll have any bullets on my goddamn screen. You know what I mean? Um, we've got to have a PC. We'll just call them the club. You know, and it comes down to like, what do we do with these guys? If you don't go to their bullet club or, you know, uh, roots, what were they going to do? They were just going to flounder. You know what I mean? You know, I threw the, I threw the theory out there. Uh, I think I'm not sure if you were on the show yet, but like uh, I remember like a year or two ago. They WWE trademarked again the NWO, and I'm like, yo, just make a new NWO and put them all together. That would have been you want to counter Bullet Club, you want to counter the Bullet Club shirt. When you think of stables, you think of number one stables in the world. Some people will say the horsemen, but a lot of people will say the NWO before DX. Now, it probably goes back to what you're saying, too. Well, Vince didn't create that, so why would I want to use the NWO? You know, yeah, but you own it. Yeah, and then they, they already tried with like Sean and and I think Big Show and yeah, but that was a different that was a different time and it was already watered down. But if you get guys that weren't in the Bullet Club, like those four guys that I just named, and throw an NWO shirt or let's say Eric Bischoff gives them like the rub, saying like I'm gonna take all like do something. They could they could have done so much creative, but yeah, <laughs> yeah they're getting creative now. Uh, I guess we'll touch on that later. They're finally getting creative now because they're being forced to, but. Yeah. yeah, we'll, we'll I, talk about that in a bit. Yeah, I feel bad for the Good Brothers because, you know, it, it comes down to exactly what we were just talking about. Vince didn't really create them, you know what I mean? He had Luke for, uh, you know, a little bit when he was in the straight-age society, and before that he was doing the Festus gimmick. But, you know, it's it sucks because they, it, they came in with that, that stigma of they're already over. Mm-hmm. They're already over somewhere else. They come in here, and it's like, oh, oh, well, what did you do here? You didn't do nothing here yet. You know what I mean? And I yeah, feel but, like they were doomed from the beginning. Yeah, but but there's there's a reason why you sign them, you know. And if you sign somebody, which, which that's the the ball that you drop ninety percent of the time. If you if they if we're gonna sign you, Sam, for what you know how to how to do, and what works for you, and then we're gonna change it and say, oh, why can't you get the same reaction you got before? Because it's not you. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, and it goes back to what we were saying. They're just trying to take people off the market, mm-hmm. take people off the market, put them into the WWE, so the other promotions can't capitalize on these talents mm-hmm. and get to the next level. Because you know, think about if AJ and and the Good Brothers and all those guys would have stayed in New Japan with Kenny Omega, and AEW never would have happened. And you know, you talk about New Japan going into Madison Square Garden and selling it out, and had this COVID nineteen thing not happen. They're coming. They would have came back in August. Uh, it still hasn't been canceled yet, but you know, I don't think it's going to happen. You think about that, and with the the expansion of the U.S. title and them going into Texas and 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 California, they're breathing down WWE's neck. No, had AEW not happened, New Japan would have been that that company that would have been breathing down WWE's neck. So where so, where do you see the Good Brothers there, Sam? Oh, New Japan. There's no, no question or doubt in my mind they're going to pop up back in New Japan. Carl Anderson already put out a teaser of the returning of the machine gun. So he's already throwing out teasers out there. So I think all signs point to New Japan. Nice. Yeah. They're, they're comfortable there. They they still got a bunch of friends there. You know, Gato's the booker over there. Mm-hmm. His wife's Japanese, right? Why the hell not? <laughs> all right. Not? 
Talking about misuse, this is another guy that, man, did WWE drop the ball with this guy. And that's EC3. What the fuck, bro? They they just he had an okay run in NXT. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. They could have done more with him in NXT. But still it was an okay run. And then he got called up and it was just like, what? Yeah. Just cause uh Vince put him out there with Dean Ambrose and Dean Ambrose got more, you know, cheers than EC three, he was doomed after that. But even prior to that, they just had him popping up here and there doing nothing. I, I don't I don't get it. This guy looks like a star. This guy looks like he could be in the main event. He's a former world champion in Impact Wrestling. Uh, this is a guy that wherever he goes, you know, I know the, the most popular one to say is AEW. But, hey, he could go back to Impact Wrestling where he'll be used to his full potential. Uh, Marty Skrull went on record already saying that if he had to pick from that list, you know, who he would try to sign, mm-hmm. one of the names he threw out there was EC3. Yeah. So, hey, man, this guy... Wherever he goes, he'll be money. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's a shame. It goes back to what I was thinking about with Eric Rowan. The main thing I m- remember about EC3's run is when he was on the stage with Dean Ambrose, and Dean Ambrose was like, oh, you're EC3? Well, where's EC1? Where's EC2? Mm-hmm. That's what stands out of my mind of his WWE run, and that's a damn shame because the guy's super talented. He's got the look. He can talk shit. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, he deserved way more than what he got creatively. So I I think he's going to wind up back in Impact. That's where I think he's going to go. I don't think he's going to go to uh, AEW because there's just too much. There's too <laughs> much. But, Sam, I only watch WWE and AEW. I don't really care about the other promotions. Well, I'm sorry, bro. But <laughs> you're you're going to have to find out. <laughs> you got MJF has the EC3 spot right now in AEW, in my opinion. I swear to God, people are so fucking stupid. Oh, these are such great guests for AEW. Can the world get normalized first before yeah. you decide where these guys are going to fucking go? Yeah, let, let's let's be able to go outside for more than, than 20 minutes. Yeah, man. Oh, but I only watch AEW. <laughs> nah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Who else is on that list there, Mario? All right. Uh, EC3's best friend, which man, he posted a a tearjerker of a damn Twitter uh, video message, man, the other day, and that's Drake Maverick, Rockstar Spud. I felt for this guy, man, and this is a guy that I gotta kind of put WWE over. They actually used this guy right. The twenty four seven stuff with his wife Renee were entertaining as shit mm-hmm. when they first brought him in as the GM for three hundred uh, three hundred five two hundred five live. Yeah. That was good too. He could be a manager role. He could be the guy running the show. He could also be a heel if he wants to be a heel. I think the only questionable thing they did with him is when they paired him up with AOP and they had him doing like those comedy stuff where he, Big Show made him like piss on himself or something. That's the only thing that was kind of questionable. But besides that, they've done a lot with this guy. Because let's be honest here, this guy can never be a world champion. You know, I'm not saying that he's not a great worker because he, he dude, dude could work. But realistically here in the WWE, he can't be a world champion. But I think they they made money with this guy. This guy is a talented dude, and he just seems really heartbroken after that video uh, Twitter message that he posted. He's still right now in the Cruiserweight Championship tournament, so there's, there's, he's still working, but after this, he's probably going to be let go. Uh, this is another guy that I could see him going to Impact Wrestling, you know, especially if EC3 goes there too. They're best friends. I assume they're going to be sticking together. Or who knows? Maybe they'll end up in Ring of Honor because uh, Marty 
Skrull also said about he wants to pick up Drake Maverick because he actually has a, a friendship with him. So, you know, they, especially with these two, when it comes to EC3 and Drake Maverick, they're both talented guys, yeah. both in and out of the ring. So no matter where they go, they'll be fine. And and they're storytellers too, which that you know you can you can find an athletic guy, you can find a guy that's good in the ring, but if they're unable to tell you a story with their with their voice, basically, um, you lose that, and that's where you need to have a, a manager. But I think with rock stars, but yeah, the size is not there, but I can see him going basically to any uh, um, promotion, um, and and I think he'll be a good fit. I think he'll be a better fit to NWA. Because he'll be able to play that that old school. I can feel him in NWA too. Yep. Um, Sam, I think he he's a guy that will be back um, okay. wherever he goes after this. Whenever that contract expires, WWE is going to pick him back up once things get normalized and you know their revenue starts back up and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a guy that's completely entertaining. He's got it and. You know, he might be 5'4", or however tall he is, but that doesn't mean anything when it comes to entertainment value. Yeah. The guy's funny, you know what I mean? If you want to put him in the ring, he could work in the ring, and he knows how to give you a good comedy sketch, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's not going to find any problems finding work. It just sucks because I think that this was his dream job. This is where he wanted to be, and, you know, he's going to have to take a break for a little bit, but... I'm I'm not um I'm not worried for him because I feel like he's gonna be back. The fact that they're gonna let him finish with the the cruiserweight classic and things like that. I mean I think things are are ending you know pretty shitty for him. But in in the long run, uh he he'll be back. I give it two three years tops. As long as his contract is with the next company, once it's over with, he'll be back in WWE. Okay. All right. Next on the list. I feel bad for both guys, especially one of them that ended up getting fired a couple of years ago and then brought back. And the other one that's been with the company, I think, almost 15 years, if not 15 years, and that's Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder, mm-hmm. the, the major brothers. Um, Kurt Hawkins is a guy that I got really, really familiar with on what he could do out you know, in the ring. Actually, from his first WWE release, I saw him in the indies, especially in House of Hardcore as Brian Myers. Yeah. And, dude, this guy could work. He could work his ass off. He could play a heel tremendously. WWE just never used him to his full potential. Zack Ryder, on the other hand, this is a guy that just wanted to be a WWE talent, a WWE wrestler, a WWE superstar. That was his dream. Him being a WWE superstar is the equivalent to being a WWE world champion. That's all he wanted to do. And he got to live his dream, and now he's moving on to the next chapter of his life. Zack Ryder's a guy that brought social media to the next level for the WWE because WWE got woke with all the stuff that he was doing with the uh, the Z True Hollywood story. What was it, the Z uh, Long Island story? I forget what it was called, the series that he was doing. Yeah, Z uh, Long Island story or something yeah. like that. Yeah, so um, he, he had his own championship. He had the internet championship. Uh, Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, I see both of them, whether they're together or not, be successful. Kurt Hawkins, he could kill it once again in the independence because that's what he was doing before. Zach Ryder, on the other hand, I think he might have a little bit more options in, in Kurt Hawkins, and that's not taking nothing away from Kurt Hawkins because Kurt Hawkins actually runs a school with Pat Buck, Creative Pro, which is a parent company of Russell Pro. So he'll be fine no matter what. Zach Ryder, on the, on the other hand, he has a lot of options. 
I want to keep this in mind. Everybody thinks AEW automatically because of his friendship with Cody Rhodes, right? Which is fine. If he goes to AEW, good for him. I want to throw this nugget out there, too. He's also very close friends with Marty Skrull. They're close friends due to the major, their, their major podcast. So the major figure podcast, Marty Skrull is also an action figure collect, uh, collector. So in the recent years, they've actually gotten really super tight. So do not be surprised if Marty tries to bring Zack Ryder to Ring of Honor. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, going back to Zack Ryder, man, he's only 34 years old. Young guy. And not many people know this, but he's a cancer survivor as well. He had cancer yeah, when he was in high school. <clears throat> and you, you think about what he went through to get to where he's at. The guy is built like a ship brick house. He's jacked to the gills. And this is a kid that was on chemo in, in high school. You know what I mean? He actually went to, um, to high school with my cousin. So um, this guy, he's been through worse. And he survived it. And he'll get through this, you know, this, this flat plateau of his career right now. You think about his run in WWE. He did a lot, man. He did so much so that he's one title shy of being uh, a Grand Slam champion. And you don't think about that when you think about Zack Ryder. You think Jobber. But no, he's held the U.S. title. He's held the Intercontinental title. He's been a tag team champion. The, the only time I think of Zack Ryder being a Jobber is when he used to wear the tights that one was cut off and the other one was pants. But remember when Kane threw him off the stage, bro? <laughs> And he had a neck brace. (laughs) And you think about these moments where he wins the title at at WrestleMania 32 in the ladder match, and his dad comes in the ring, puts a cowboy hat on, and throws a cowboy hat on. And he just throws it off. He's like, get get this stupid shit off me. Yeah, yeah. You know, he probably looked back at that moment and wished he put the cowboy hat on, you know, down the line. But anyway, um, he's going to be fine, man. He's going to be fine. He And you know what? Like I said, 34 years old. He'll be back, and I think that he'll be a Grand Slam champion. I really do, um, because he was getting over with that Z Long Island story, um, and WWE just didn't understand it, didn't go with it, didn't, you know. I remember me and uh, my buddy made woo-woo-woo headbands because they weren't selling them on the, on the shop, and we went down to Washington, D.C., and we watched Capital Punishment, second row. We had woo-woo-woo uh, signs. What I mean, an atrocious of... pay-per-view. It was. It was terrible. If you go back and watch it, you could spot me. I'm, I'm second row ringside, and we got the woo-woo-woo signs. And uh, my buddy had a sign that said, Vince Fears Rider, and they took it. They took it from him. Um, well, don't, don't, about... don't, forget, don't forget the Rock's first match back at the Guardian Survivor Series. He was tagging with John Cena versus R-Truth in the mid. The Rock cut a promo at the end of the show, and everybody was saying, we want Ryder at the Garden, and The Rock gave him the rub. Yeah. The Rock said, I love Ryder, too. This guy knows how to get over. It's just uh, going back to, you know, Vince not understanding things or, you know, whether it's his decision or not. They just didn't go with him. And when he leaves now that he's gone, He's going to get over. This guy, in the next two to three years, may be one of the biggest names in wrestling that's not involved in WWE. 
All right. Remember I said that. In two or three years, we're going to be talking about Zack Ryder still. Who, A.C. Spencer? I mean, A.C. Penske? A.C. Penske. I don't know. I don't know what A.C. Penske is. Um, I don't know what name he's going to go by when he mm. uh, when he goes on to the independent scene. I mean, uh, his, his real name, his, his shoot name isn't bad. It could be a wrestler name. It's Matt Cordova. Yeah. Right. Right. Listen, Zack Ryder... I, would I want to see him back in the WWE? Of course, because that's his dream job. But at the same time, I don't ever see him being a world champion in that company. But he could be a world champion somewhere else. He could be a world champion in Ring of Honor. He could be a world champion in NBA. Like a he could be a world champion in MLW or Impact. I just don't see him being a world champion in WWE. There's no way. Even if he comes back like Christian did when he when he went away and then became world champion and then came back? I just, I don't know, man. I feel like, I mean... We've seen stranger things. We Mahal. We have seen stranger things. Uh-huh. I just don't see him being a world champion WWE. Any other company, absolutely. But hey, man, I could be proven wrong. I just don't see it happening. But I could yeah. see him world champion anywhere else, though. Okay. Yeah. I, think- I want people to understand too that just because you're a world champion in Ring of Honor, that, that you're still a world champion or whatever company it is. I want mm-hmm. people to understand that. Like people yeah. have this stigma, like oh, only in WWE the world championship matters. Go oh, fuck, fuck you, go fuck yourself. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But I really feel like he might come back down the line, get that Jinder Mahal, Drew McIntyre treatment, where he'll he'll get the title down the line. As for he needs to get jacked. Um, as for what, what what's the kid's name that he tags with? Kurt Hart Hawkins. Kurt Hawkins. As for Kurt Hawkins, like like you said, he's gonna be fine. He's got Russell Pro and things like that. I don't think that he's gonna make that much noise on the independent scene because he's already been there. But he does great heel work, like you said. I think we're gonna see him pop up in House of Hardcore uh, a bunch. I think you're gonna see him working with his school and things like that. And um, you know, he'll be fine. He knows how to make a living. But mm-hmm. I don't think he's he's the Marty Jannetty of the group, in my opinion. Yep. You know I what I mean? Um, Zach, he could be next level as for, you know, Kurt, you know, he's, you know, he's a good hand. <laughs> no disrespect. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, talk about uh, the next person on this list. Heath Slater. They finally got rid of the last dying member in Nexus in the WWE. The last guy. That I thought you were going to say 3MB. Yeah, but. No, I know. I you know. go through all the Nexus people. He's the only one. Is it? Is Otunga still there? I mean, yeah, but he's not wrestling anymore. Yeah, no, he's like counsel to the WWE or something like that. He's he played as another guy that he's a great hand. He could work. He could talk on the mic. But, you know, for many reasons, you know, they didn't see him more than what he was. He did beat Seth Rollins on a Raw one day, one night. Yeah. I want people to remember that. And he's um, got kids. This is, a, this is a guy that, you know, wherever he goes, he could be a star. I hope. I, now, this is a guy that I hope they do. I hope he does what Drew and Jinder Mahal did. Kill it out in the 80s and come back super jacked. Yeah. yeah. He has to do that. And this is what you missed out on, you know? He has yeah. to do that. That's the, that's the, only, the, the only plausible uh, uh, storyline that you have to follow. You know what I mean? Like you had two guys that were the comedy group with you, you know, that were let go that both of them got jacked, both of them started killing it, both of them came back, both of them came back as a threat, and now as of the last WrestleMania are both, you know, they both won the championship. So, hey, 
if you're going to follow this, you have to go and get jacked. You ha like, you got released, you should be on the phone with uh, with um, with uh, the Maharaja. Like, right now, what did you do? You know what I mean? Like, start your training the, the second after they hung up with you. That's what I think he Slater should do. And then he can go wherever he wants. Because, mm -hmm. you know, he gets jacked, WWE wants him back. And by the way, his uh, new shirt on Pro Wrestling Tees is awesome. Says, I got fired. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> so, Sam, where do you see uh, Heath Slater going? I feel bad for him because I feel like he was held back because of his cosmetic look. Um, going back to, you know, the Jinder Mahal, uh, you know, McIntyre thing. Mm -hmm. he, he needs to get jacked. He needs to do what they did. But this guy can talk shit. He's a great heel. Um, you know, you think about when he was doing the one man band, baby, and all this shit. Yeah. Um, this guy can talk. You know what I mean? He's not afraid to go out there and and put it all out on on the microphone. And I feel like that's that's about eighty percent of this. You know what I mean? Like, you can be great in the ring and do all the flips and things like that, but if you don't connect to the fans, if you can't get them emotionally invested, look at Ricochet. Look at Apollo Crews. Look at some of these guys that we know are great in the ring. But do you care? No. Heath Slater can make you care. You know, when he was doing that I Got Kids thing, it made you feel like kind of sympathetic towards him. You're like, oh, man, you know, this guy's a good guy. You know, he just needs to stop because he's got kids, whatever. But um, I think he's going to be fine. He might come back. You know, it would be great to see all three MB members win the championship. Um, that would be a great story to tell down the line. Like, you know, these guys were in a jobber group and then they all like, you know, left and polished up and came back and became champions. Um, but man, I would love to see him at a hard, house of hardcore show. I would love yeah, to see too. him in NWA. Uh, I think ring of honor could utilize him. Well, uh, I don't think that AEW should, should touch him. I don't think he should go there. I think he can make more of an impact at impact wrestling. Ah, I see what at, you did there. Yeah, in the Ring of Honor, in an NWA situation where he could really, like, stand out. Because, like I said, the, those AEW waters are starting to get really shark-filled. You know what I mean? They, you got a lot of talent over there. So, All right. Another guy that they just didn't use to say potential. This guy can play a heel, a face, a comedy character. He could do anything, pretty much. He's a former world champion in Impact, and that's Eric Young. What the fuck, man? They... This is a guy that, what the hell? They, they, they just didn't do anything with him. Yeah. He had a great stable with Sanity and NXT. And the second they got called up to SmackDown, we saw their entrance one time. Their, you know, their entrance where it looks all crazy looking. Mm -hmm. And they didn't even call up Nikki Cross with them when they first debuted on SmackDown. And then after that, it was like, fuck it. I just don't see it. I guess that's what was the mentality. I just don't see it. It's like, why do you hire these guys, man? To not yeah. have him go somewhere else. To not have him go Eric to Young. AEW. Eric Young is a former world champion in Impact. Yeah. And, yeah, and you know, go, go, go ahead, ahead No, go ahead, Leo. No, like, my, my thing with Eric Young is this. The dude's a proven reality TV person, right? Because I don't know if you guys got to watch his, his that fishing show that he had. If you're looking for, you know what? We have this guy. We have him signed. I know that you did, a, a, you know, like a figurine show with Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. Give this guy a, a fishing thing. You know, bring some, some other element. Have him go out with, you know, a Stone Cold in his ranch and go fishing or something. People would tune into that. 
but you have him come in, you have him do something good on NXT, you have him have a good uh, um, stable for you not to use it. You know what I mean? Like, what was he doing lately? Nothing. Exactly. Nothing. <laughs> you know, you have a guy here which you could utilize, again, if you're looking to, to make stuff for your network. And this guy, picked up by the Animal Planet, which is one of the big networks, you know, trying to, uh, you know, build content, which they believed in him. Why can't you, WWE, believe in him? Give him a show on your network. Have him produce that way instead of just losing him in the ring. I tuned into that to that show every time it was on because he was entertaining. So now where can he go? Wherever he wants to. Wherever he wants to. And it doesn't even have to be wrestling. Hey, you know what? Here, I can show you how to survive on your own by fishing your own stuff with COVID-19. There, you have a show. Yeah. You know what I mean? The guy's proven. The, the guy, he, and, and I think at the end of the day is this. They dropped the ball the biggest on him because of what he was he did. But you never believed in him. And when you did believe in him, like Mario said, you had the entrance come out once. And then you disbanded that whole group. That's yeah. what I thought. I, I feel like a little bit weird about Sanity because there were so many like similar kind of gimmicks. I mm -hmm. feel like you had like Sanity and then you had AOP who kind of looked like post-apocalyptic SWAT team members with the heavy metal music. And then and you, you got had... the, now you got the Forgotten Thumbs that just got called up to SmackDown. The Forgotten yeah. Sons, you got... And I mean, uh, at the time that Sanity was running NXT, the Wives were still a thing. Yeah, and Baron Corbin was still down there, and he had, like, the heavy metal music. And how many, like, anarchists can you have with heavy metal music? And it's it's like kind of like the same problem the AEW's having with all these dark groups. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's exactly where I was going with that, Mario. And, um, man, I feel like they could have utilized him in a way where send them down to Evolve. If you're in bed with Evolve, send them down to Evolve. Let them teach some of these young guys some stuff. Send them to NXT UK, you know? Utilize them, you know? And the, the thing with Eric Young is, and the thing with Eric Young is, he could, he's so diverse when it comes to his character. He could play a sympathetic baby face like a Daniel Bryan, but he could be a scumbag heel too. Like, yeah. he, he could play, or he could be a comedy character, you know? They could, they could have done so much with Eric Young, but they chose not to. And that's exactly. what it is. And and this is a guy, I can see him going back to Impact where he was a top guy. He could maybe go to Ring of Honor. He could do the independence for a while. He, he, with him, I don't see him going to end the AAW, but I can see him going to a lot of different other places. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was saying, that you could send him to NXT UK, and the UK fans, they love wrestling. They know who he is. If he would have walked through there, they would have fucking lost their minds. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Um, it's just it's it sucks that they didn't use him right, but in the end he'll be fine. All right, the last person on when it comes to talent, and we're gonna talk about this. Uh, Leo Rush, talented dude, super super young. Uh, whatever he decides to do, that's pretty much on him. It's been uh, reported all over the dirt sheets that he might have a little bit of an attitude problem. He has a big chip on his shoulder. He is a young guy. I personally do not see him in AEW, and it's not because AEW wouldn't want him. 
I just feel on how his character is, he's very outspoken. Maybe AEW isn't for him. I could see him some. You know what Leo Rush reminds me of? He reminds me a lot of Sammy Callahan in the sense that he's very outspoken. He doesn't take shit from anyone. He calls a spade how a spade is. WWE failed Leo Rush. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Maybe he had a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. Maybe he had a bit of a character. He thought he was better than what he was. But you see the dude. The dude could go. He's a little. He's a little ricochet, except he could talk. Yeah. I feel like his booking was a little bit weird. You paranoid with Bobby Lashley? Eventually, it was a great thing, but we know how Leo Rush, and we know he's a worker, and we know what he could do. He shouldn't be jobbing out to some of these guys when he was Bobby Lashley's uh, manager. And then they finally put him in NXT. They put the title on him, but he didn't even have a memorable run. They put the Cruiserweight Championship on him. They took that title away from him so quick. So I think he was just fed up with the system. He thought that the WWE system failed him, just like Sammy Callahan did back when he was in WWE. I feel like a guy like Leo Rush could go to Impact Wrestling, could go to an NWA, could go to a Ring of Honor, where the system ain't necessarily on top of you. I'm not saying the system ain't on top of you in AEW, but let's be honest here. AEW, there are some people you got to answer to. And I don't think Leo Rush might want to necessarily deal with that. Maybe not yet. That's my opinion. Yeah, I feel like they should have never, they should have never split him and Bobby Lashley up, because I felt it worked great for the both of them. I felt like it made you hate Bobby Lashley more, and it definitely, um, you know, let Leo shine in his best role, which is a, a shit talker. Um, man, it just sucks because I feel like Bobby Lashley could probably be at the next level if they would have kept those two together, but now. He's jobbing out to Aleister Black at WrestleMania in like a mid card match that nobody cares about. I'm surprised they didn't fire him. Yeah, yeah, because what is he really doing? You know what I mean? The whole lot. It's crazy to say that Bobby Lashley. And keep in mind, he already had a prior WWE run, right? They booked him like Brock Lesnar in Impact Wrestling, which is most of the time Impact World Champion, and then they bring him back to the WWE and did nothing with him. I think every. Body would love to see Brock versus Bobby. Um, and not even in a wrestling match. I would like to see them fight for real in an MMA fight. You know what I mean? I think there was uh, rumors when Bobby was toying around with MMA and doing some Bellator fights and things like that. Mm-hmm. And they even asked Dana White, hey, you're going to think about bringing Bobby Lashley up to fight Brock? And he was against it at the time. Um I guess probably thinking that, you know, this isn't WWE, this is MMA, and we're not going to have two wrestlers fighting in there, no matter how well it's going to sell or whatever. He's no, trying to keep the credibility though. of the, yeah, he's trying to keep the credibility of the MMA um, sport there. But, um, man, Leo, he's going to be fine, man. He, like, you know, he talks his shit. He, he knows what he wants in life. He's a young guy. And who's to say he won't come back down the line? You know what I mean? We've, yep. we've seen a lot of guys like Brian Kendrick uh, that were in the same kind of situation, um, you know, down the line, smaller guy, can work, you know, knew what he wanted, didn't take shit. Next thing you know, gets a little older, matures, comes back, and he's helping guys learn the ropes and things like that. So yep. I think he'll be good. He'll be good. He'll be fine. All right. Uh, let's go down this quickly, the list of producers – Coaches, announcers, referees, a whole bunch of people that got released that are not uh, Everybody but Little Nate. 
So you got a um, you got WWE Hall of Famer Kurt Angle. He got released, and some of them got four loads too. They didn't all get released. Billy Kidman, he's been with the company since WWE went under. You got Mike Rotunda, Pat Buck, who recently went to WWE. I don't think he's even been there for a year. Fit Finley, another guy that's been there since WCW went under. Sean Davari got brought back in the producer role. Scott Armstrong, Sarah Stock. I don't know if you guys remember uh, Sarita in TNA. That's who Sarah Stock is. Mm-hmm. Shane Helms, another guy that just recently been with the WWE. I think not even a year yet. Lance Storm, a guy that closed down his wrestling school yeah. to take this WWE job. Coaches, you got Serena Deeb. That's the chick that uh, shaved her head in the, um, what is it, the, the, the theme punk group? Straight, uh, Edge, Society. Straight, Edge, Straight Society. Edge Society. Yeah. Uh, Kendall Kaishin, uh, a Japanese wrestler. Chris Ganga, a.k.a. Steel. This is the guy that uh, trained theme punk in Cabana. Announcers, Aiden English, he's done. Uh, Jerry Soto, he's four load. Uh, that's uh, one of the announcers, I believe, for the Spanish announce team. Senior referee, Mike Shinoda. Mike Shinoda, bro. Mike Kyoda. Senior referee. That sucks. I can't believe they let this guy go. And, yeah. and he's his been pay, there a while, His paycheck right? was probably... Yeah, that's a financial thing. He probably gets paid more than any other ref because of the Yo, time he's, he's been, been there. He's been with the WWE... This is the late 80s. Yeah, it says Mike Kyoto is an American professional referee. Before his release on April 15th, Kyoto was the longest tenured referee in WWE history. 1989 is when he started. AW, baby. AW. Um, they actually released a creative uh, talent, Andrea Lissenberger. She was actually one of the, the heads of creative for the Otis Ziggler Mandy storyline. She was behind that. And then you got uh on air talent, uh John Queso. I don't really remember who that is. And Josiah Williams, that's the dude from Wrestling Flow. He's been doing like interviews and stuff in NXT. Yeah. Which they, they they really just hired, they just picked them up just to pick them up. They haven't really done much with him like that, just besides some interviews. It's like, what are you really doing? Like, don't get me wrong, the dude is super talented, but it's like like I think you just picked them up. Because he had a buzz, because he was doing all these like wrestling things or whatever. But I believe he might be four load as well. Now four load means what? That you're you're laid off. You're still technically working for the WWE. You can still collect unemployment, and they're eventually going to call you back mm-hmm. after a certain time. After a certain time, if they don't call you back, then you're terminated. Yeah, and sometimes when you're furloughed, you get to keep your paycheck, and sometimes you get to keep. Um, you know, your benefits, it just depends on the situation. Like, um, yeah, you know, are, are there really any benefits in the WWE? Other than it, your it depends if you're an, empo- an employee or an independent contractor. Yeah, if you're an employee, ah, okay, okay. you get benefits. If you're an independent contractor, good luck, which is kind of shitty because the independent contractors are the ones that are putting their health at risk more than the, you know, the office employees. But, you know, it is what it is. Well, that's what happens when you're in essential, and two days later, you get fired. Yeah. But, you know, I, I feel like when you're under contract with the WWE, they do, like, take care of you when it comes to, like, surgeries and shit like oh, that. Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and listen, you know, and while we're, we're talking about all these releases, I want to, you know, say something, make something clear. As much as shit that we could give Vince, you know, for no one told him to restart the XFL, that's probably why they're, you know, losing money and all this other shit. I do feel like deep down inside, Vince does have a heart, and maybe not all of these talents, but some of these talents, 
he probably does feel a certain type of way. Mm-hmm. And then right after the next day, Howard Finkel dies. So I'm sure Vince is not in a great position. And, I, you know, I'm, you guys might be surprised. I'm kind of not defending Vince, but kind of I, – I don't think – we can hate on Vince when it comes to a lot of things. But deep down the side in that old, demented person that he is, I think he does have a heart. And I think for a lot of these talents, some of these talents, he does feel a certain type of way about it. Yeah, some of them. Some, some of them, them he don't even all. know who the fuck they are. Yeah, not all. Some, yeah. but some of them, he was looking at the list and he was like, who the fuck is this? Get around him. He, <laughs> uh, he still works here? <laughs> It's been reported that Stephanie, when she was making the calls of, like, who was getting released and who was getting a four-load, she was, like, very emotional, uh, you know, talking, whatever. Now, that could be fake. We don't know. But I don't know, man. I just think we could hate on Vince. And believe me, I have my days where I hate Vince. But, you know, you said it before on this podcast. Vince is a Stan Lee of wrestling, you know, whether we like it or not. And I think deep down inside in that dark soul of him, he he might have a little bit of a heart, you know. Yeah, yeah, he's human, but at the same time, he probably seventy five percent of the people got laid off. He had no clue who the fuck they were. Oh, listen and listen, this doesn't take anything away. Nobody told you after start the XFL and lose a whole bunch of money. So in that case, for you know you releasing all these people that had no fault after you just told them you're an essential, you get the biggest. Yeah. You played yourself, you know. And I think, All right. and I think especially when you let them go on a Tuesday, like, and if you, if no, but seriously, like, if you look at it, right? Did you really need to have No Way Jose there? Because if you guys follow No Way Jose on his uh, Instagram, he actually posted like a couple stories of him trying to get no down there. No way, no way, am I watching? <laughs> All I'm saying is this, right? The dude gets on a plane that has nobody on it. The dude gets on a shuttle to get to his rental car with nobody on it. The guy goes to rent the car where there's nobody there to then drive where there's nobody on the street to get down there for them not to use you on TV. Oh, yeah, by the way, you're fine. They did the same to Jeff Hardy, right? Didn't they do the same to Jeff Hardy? They call, they brought him to SmackDown on Friday and they didn't even use him? Yeah, but but that's the thing. Again, like, if it, and, and I know that, you know what, things change at the last minute, this, this and that. But if you know you're not going to use No Way Jose, don't have him come down. Just fire him on Sunday. I mean, uh, to be honest with you, why why are they even using No Way Jose? But Jerry Lawler said, uh, put a, a a story on his uh, on his Instagram or whatever it was Twitter, and he was like, "I called the the airlines to see what time my flight leaves, and they said, what time are you getting here?'" <laughs> oh well, you know what, Leo? That since we're done wrapping up with all these releases or whatever, that's a great transition because you just mentioned Jerry Lawler. There you go, bro. Just speaking for you. of congratulations, speaking of congratulations, <laughs> yo. There was nothing wrong Sam, with that. Remember, Sam, what was that? There was nothing wrong with what he said. It's fine. Well, Leo, you're also an old man, so I'm not going to ask you for your opinion right now. But back back in my day. Because, <laughs> Leo, you know what You know what makes me laugh about Leo? And, Leo, you find a lot of things not offensive, right? Which is fine. That's your opinion. Yeah. But at the same time, you are a very hypersensitive person and you say a lot of fucked up shit. <laughs> yeah. That's what I find funny about you. That, that you're like, oh, that's day. not offensive. People are sensitive. But yet, you're a hypersensitive person? <laughs> okay, yes, so for those that don't know, Jerry Lawler, on Raw, when Cesaro was having his match, 
with uh with uh my man um from uh who who was it? Was he just fighting Austin Theory or was he fighting yeah. um I think it was Austin Theory, Theory right? from Evolve that they yeah. called up. So he was fighting Austin Theory and Tozawa did a like a, a somersault and Jerry Lawler on live television said Ramen Noodle Moonsault. No words, and bro. Of course, listen, it's, it kind of goes back to what you were saying, that Jerry Lawler is like, there's like difference between being a racist and having like that old man type of racism type uh-huh. shit. Remember uh-huh. you were mentioning that when we, we talked about like certain people? Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's a generational thing. Some things are and, just, in their mind, like oriental is still uh-huh. acceptable, but that's not a thing. It's Asian, you know what I mean? And like, you know, it's just a generational thing. And, 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 and as you know, I really don't have a, a dog in the fight when it comes to Jerry Lawler. Like, I, I don't dislike him, but I don't, I, you know, favorite. I don't love the guy either. I think he's all right. Mm-hmm. I hate he him. Does, he does come off that, and that's fine. You, you could hate him. I hate Jim Cornette, and you like the guy. Um, yeah. uh, I just think what Jerry Lawler is, you're you're a broadcaster. There's certain things you don't say, and I understand. Years ago, it was not that it was okay, but it was more like normal for people to say certain shit. You can't say certain shit on TV, and also for the people that like are bashing him and then like condoning other people just because you like them. Like when Triple H said the thing about Paige or whatever, which was also inappropriate yeah. or whatever. Like you can't just be. One side for one thing, and then be on the other side for other. You can't pick and choose. Yeah, you can't pick and choose just because you like a guy or not. There's just certain things. If you're in a position, there's just certain things you don't say. There, you, yeah. you, there's no there's no excuse for it. There's no yeah. excuse. He shouldn't have said that. Now, whether you were offended on it or not, that's another story. But there's just certain things you shouldn't say. Yeah, yeah. I, I personally wasn't offended because I, I'm not Asian. Um, you know what I mean? Um, but was it right? Absolutely not. You know, it's, it, it's a different time now. You know, it wasn't right back then. It isn't right now. The reason why I hate Jerry Lawler is because this isn't like the first red flag from Jerry Lawler. Oh, no. Uh, he has a couple. He has a couple. <laughs> yeah, he's got a scandal where he had a situation with an underage girl, which I'm sure he paid off to get, you know, hush-hushed and things like that. And, you know, he's got a history of being with women that are, like, like super young, like 20 years old, 19, 18 years old. And, you know, you can make a joke of it and say, oh, you know, he's just doing this thing. But at the end of the day, he's a dirty fucking old man. I mean, you think about it. It's it's low-key, like, fucking, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like, predator, pro, like, you know, uh, fucking. I thought, I, th- I thought you were going to say R. Yeah, a little bit like Kelly. He's the the pro wrestling version of R. Kelly. Um, you know, and he's always said some off color shit and I know that he's playing a heel role on TV, but you know, let's not like forget that he saw, you know, Kamala walk into his office and decided to throw him in that gimmick. And, you know, that stayed with Kamala for, for years and things like that. And, you know, if he wasn't okay with it, you never would have did it, but that's mm-hmm. the mind of Jerry Lawler. Like that's what he thought when he saw that guy, you know what I mean? And you want to talk about a different time and things like that. At the end of the day, you know, I just don't like him. I just don't like him. It, it might be a generational thing. Um, 
No, yeah. man. You, I know a lot of people that don't like Jerry Lawler. You know, and like I said, yeah. I don't, I don't love the guy. I don't necessarily hate the dude. Like I really don't have a dog in the fight. Like, like I just kind of don't care. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And 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 going back to what you said about Jim Cornette, that's kind of the way I feel about Cornette. Like people hate him. I kind of don't care, but he he actually makes me crack the fuck up sometimes when he goes on his rants about shit. So that's that's kind of like why I so, like Cornette. So you find them funny? Who uh, Cornette? Cornette, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. When he goes on on, on a mm-hmm. tangent, sometimes he could really he makes he makes good points. Yeah. He, I'm a fan of common sense, so a lot of the times when Jim Cornette is going off on these rants, he makes some damn good points. You know what I mean? Is he old and archaic about some of the thinking that he has? Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, it's a different generation. Um, but you know, Jerry Lawler to me is just, there's too many red flags there, man. Uh, Jim Cornette was never caught with, you know, an underage girl. You know what I mean? He has said some questionable stuff about the, you know, LGP, you know, the, the gay community and, um, LGBT. and you know, some, some racist things in, in, in that aspect. But, you know, um, I think it, it was Jim, uh, uh, Jerry Lawler's just, I don't know, man, some, some just not right with that guy. And you think about, and there's one thing that I really like will will hone in on when I think about a person and their character is the relationship with their children. Mm-hmm. And him and Brian, they didn't have the greatest, you know, relationship. Yeah. Nope. And that's been documented. And mm-hmm. I don't understand why I'm not in their life or things like that. Yeah. But like, if you can't make things right with your kids, that that's a big like me that's me being a, a judgmental person i guess it is but like because you no, know but, his kid could have been fine. a pain in the ass too but, but if you can't make things right with your kids that that just stands out to me like i don't know about this guy this guy he he just not he's just not right you know what i mean <clears throat> now yeah. do, do you think that that a lot of people don't feel that way about jerry lawler because he again, just like when we started talking about Finkel and, and about Mean Gene and and Jim Ross. Whenever you bring him up, like these are kind of people that are like embedded into your head as being like the good times of wrestling. So there's no way he's gonna do that. You know Absolutely, what I mean? people look at him and they see nostalgia and they think about a good time in their lives and things like yeah. that. So there's a lot of times where some of these older people or celebrities, even celebrities like R. Kelly or Michael Jackson, where they get they get slammed with some kind of, uh, you know, label or they get hit with some kind of charge and then you're like, oh, no, not not them. I listen to their music. They can't do something like that. Or not him. Uh, he was the voice of my childhood. He can't he can't be bad. He can't be a bad person. He would but never. Day, <laughs> we're all human. Yeah. Everybody makes mistakes and some humans are complete shitbags and other people are good people. So you know, you can't just say, oh, this person isn't capable of this because, you know, they're famous or they're they're rich and they're powerful or something like that. You know, at the end of the day, anybody's capable of anything. You can't underestimate anybody for mm-hmm. for any kind of scumbaggish thing that they do. All right. Let's talk about WWE continuing losing money. <laughs> All right. So, so WWE holding WrestleMania 36 at an empty arena, which was the Performance Center. It cost them fifteen between fifteen and seventeen million of revenue base that they lost. Mm-hmm. The ticket sales, merch sales, all that shit, right? 
continuing WrestleMania news, I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, this past week, week and a half ago, they were talking about in California that they put like on a band that they're not doing like big gatherings or concerts or any of that sub games or whatever yeah. till the end of this year, going to early 2021. And they decided to put an extension on that. That means that WrestleMania 37 is not going to happen at Cali. It's not going to happen in Hollywood. So right now, as we speak, right now, WWE is trying to find an alternative for WrestleMania. Just in case, because you never know. That's big. That's really big. Um, and it's, it makes me worry about their financial situation moving forward, because if they have to do WrestleMania in another empty building down the line, that that could potentially put them in a really bad situation where you think about where they were in 95 and 94 and when, when Diesel was a champion. Man, if if they lose that, that contract with L.A., Oof, you think the the cuts this week were bad? We might see some really credible names get cut from WWE going into the next next year. Um, and what do you think about that, Leo? I mean, I don't think they're gonna lose the contract with LA because if LA says no, we're not doing it. The UK is waiting. The UK is there, right? <laughs> yeah. So they've been waiting for years. That yeah. So. So like that that does not scare me. What scares me and and this actually scares me for everything. Like there are a lot of businesses that going into this. There were a lot of people going into this. There were a lot of things going into this that were not as strong as you would think. You know, I I think, you know, everybody's uh, deal is different, but when you look at it even on a personal level, like some people haven't worked in three, four weeks. Some people haven't worked in a month. Some people, and just going mm-hmm. into it, you're you're struggling financially, right? So now turn around and look at it as a company where, you know what, that's why you have projections because you, you sit down at the beginning of the year and say, okay, first quarter, we're going to do this, right? And this is the revenue, and this is what we're going to spend, and this is our budget for the year. But quarter one didn't happen. Quarter right. one, you have what, one month? Yeah. Of people in the in the stands. So now going into quarter two, quarter three, quarter four, there's uncertainty because you don't even know if you're going to have those ticket sales coming in. You don't know if you're going to have the merch sales coming in. Yeah, you're going to have mm-hmm. people that are going to spend $200 or $1,000 or whatever it is on, on a championship belt that you put out because it's a limited edition and it looks cool. But I'm sorry. Fuck you. My kids got to eat. I'm not going to spend a dime on the WWE. That's yeah, the way I see it. You got a great point there. They just dropped. A thousand dollar replica title, uh, made for like the rocks. Uh, I think that was the know. worst timing you could have ever done, and the best timing because you know people got that that Trump money now, so everybody's happy. But you really <laughs> like you're gonna. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that like if you look at it right, like if if in this day and age at this exact point, April nineteenth, twenty twenty, you're spending a thousand dollars on a championship belt. You need to look at your priorities because you're probably going to oh, Hold on, wait, wait, wait. What you're trying to say, Leo, because you're trying to be a Sam right now and be nice, if you're spending $1,000 on a fucking championship belt right now, I got one of these for you. Congratulations. You played yourself. Plus, you're an asshole. Just saying. Go. And I know somebody See? that actually did spend it. But uh, he's a belt collector. Get the fuck out of here, man. There's people that are dying. Go ahead. So, going to the WrestleMania thing, listen, one thing that has been made clear by the state of Florida, Florida, they are hell built to get their WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if Hollywood decides, like Cali decides, like listen, 
we just can't. There's too many cases. Like, you know, this corona still isn't, like, you know, normalized over here. Tampa, they obviously don't care about their people. They don't give a shit if people die. They're like, hey, we'll be the host of WrestleMania. Hey, remember I that WrestleMania you were supposed to have here? <laughs> we got everything we're, we're in place. Take it. <laughs> we don't care if thousands and thousands of people die. We don't give a shit. Dude, did you see they opened up the beaches in, was it Jacksonville? And it was packed with people? <laughs> like, seriously? Congratulations. <laughs> you played yourself. If you're one of those people going to the beaches, what's wrong with you? Yeah, people are nuts, man. People are absolutely nuts. All right. Uh, okay, let's talk about this because we we've been talking a lot about negative news. So let's let's bring it a little bit to, to positive. So on Monday we got a little teaser. I'm all about it. I'm all about this because I I follow New Japan and I'm very familiar with with CMML. Mm-hmm. We got a little tease of Los Ingobernables of the WWE with Andrade. Yeah, we Selena did. Vega. Uh, Garza Jr. and Austin Theory. I'm into the stable. A lot of people that don't are not familiar with Lij or Los Ingobernables and Lucha Libre were like, "Oh, this is such a watered down Shield." Do your fucking homework, fucking WWE Mark, and realize it's not the Shield. It's Lij. It's Los Ingobernables. It's a Lucha Libre stable. Yeah, yeah. And I, I feel like this never would have happened if if uh, it weren't for Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman knows exactly what you know. Real hardcore wrestling fans want. They have the talent there, so why not strike while the iron's hot? You know what I mean. We go back and, and we talk about you know the the Bullet Club, how they dropped the ball with that. Maybe they learned their lesson, and maybe they're going to try and capitalize on something here. Let's hope you know so. what I mean. And yeah, let's hope because you could potentially, especially with um, Austin Theory, that guy he he's got a future WWE champion written all over him. Um, and Andrade, if you know what I mean, if he um, can get you know his stick work down, you know what I mean, if he could get to speaking English a little bit more clearly and things like that, well, he's practicing. Man, he could be the. What he's practicing. Yeah, he's practicing. So I feel like he could be. I mean, you think about down the line if you want to split them up, like in a couple of years, Austin Theory and and um, and uh, Neff could probably main event uh, WrestleMania down the line. So. Uh, Leo, this, I know you're is... a big uh, Lucha Libre fan. Uh, how do you feel of the potential Los Ingobernables of the WWE? Again, like, and I think we, we spoke about this when, uh, you know, the whole thing that, you know, maybe the Rio's coming back or this and that. Like, wrestling in Latin America is huge. And the WWE's been able to, and I mean Latin America, Mexico down. I don't mean South America, Right. Um, the WWE is able to, they're able to look into it and say, you know what, we have Rey Mysterio, and Rey Mysterio, I think, has been the only or the the most famous, if you will, um, standard of the Spanish wrestling world. Well, now Rey Mysterio is not there anymore. Yeah, he's there, but is he really there, right? So I think w- with having this and Los Ingobernable, it has always been over. So now, how do you bring it in to the WWE? Maybe I would have changed the whole, you know, fist up in the air. And I know that's the trademark and I know all that. But to a WWE fan and to what you said, Mario, at the beginning, oh, is the shield. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know, maybe put a pinky up or something. I don't know. But the group itself, you could do whatever you want with it. 
And you know what? You can have even these guys be a heel, and you're going to have a whole Bret Hart situation where they're a heel now, but I bet you if you go to Mexico, I bet you if you go down to South America, they're going to be over because people like them, you know, and, and people like what they do. And again, you want that Spanish champion or that Spanish force to be there. You know what I mean? So let's let's see. I like where they're going with it, though. All right. And more uh, Lucha Libre. Lucha Libre related news. So they ran a vignette on NXT this week of Hijo del Fantasma, right? Mm -hmm. And for those that don't know who Hijo del Fantasma is, he's been obviously in AAA, he's been in Impact, but he's also King Cuerno from Lucha Underground, all right? A lot of people don't know that. So his original plan was if you guys have been watching NXT this past couple weeks, they've been doing like this abduction angle where they abducted Raul Mendoza one week and then they abducted Jacqueline Wilde which is uh, my man, uh, what's his name, DJZ, mm-hmm. all right, from Impact, right? They've been abducting this guy. And the man behind his abductions was going to be El Hijo del Fantasma. He's going to start, like, his own stable. And yeah. they're probably going to put masks on these guys. But now they completely changed that. Who knows if we're going to get that because they announced the NXT Cruiserweight uh, Championship Tournament, uh, well, interim Cruiserweight Championship Tournament. And he's, he's going to be in this tournament. Now, uh, Strickland is in this tournament, Tazawa, uh, Jack Gallagher, Drake Maverick, Kushida, uh, uh, Jake Atlas, and Tony Neese are in this tournament. Yeah, so Ijo and Fantasma they kept his original name. This is a name that he's been using in AAA. I'm assuming he owns the name, yeah, and he has, he has a mask, he has a great look. The only thing that I was shocked about his vignette, the vignette was great is that he spoke Spanish. The dude speaks perfect English. I was mm. surprised that they had him speaking Spanish in the vignette. Well, because I, I think what you're going to have, you know, especially with the masked luchador, you want to have that Spanish uh, um, words, you know what I mean, come out first. Um, I was actually, I found this out this week when I was watching WWE Network. Uh, Lucha House Party, one of the guys is actually not Mexican. He's a uh, Puerto Rican from Newark. So, yeah, Lucha. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Isn't it, isn't it, um... The cat, Lince Dorado. Yeah. Lince Dorado, yeah. yeah. He's Lince actually Dorado. Puerto He's Rican. So, <laughs> but now, you know, you have El Hijo del Fantasma, and, and I like that they're using the mask. You know what I mean? Me too, me too. Um, he has a great look. I think with, with and, and okay, so there there's backlash on that. So in Mexico, um, if you lose your mask in a mask versus hair match or a mask versus mask match, you cannot wear your mask until five years from when you lost it. Like, that's that's the rules that you're supposed to follow. He's only lost it for about a year, year and a half. Okay. So he was getting, like, shit from that from down there. Now, I know it has nothing to do with the WWE, but I think that may be a backlash to him as a wrestler. If he does get let go, then they're going to remember that because down in Mexico they're all about tradition, uh, you know, especially with the masks and all that. So, mm-hmm. you know. I like where they're going with this. There's a lot of mass luchadors that when they lose their mask, they lose their flair. Hello, Rey Mysterio. That's why he had to get it back. But at the end of the day, the mask itself tells a story. Like, if you look at Pentagon, would it be the same Pentagon without the mask? Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. So, Hijo del Fantasma, I like that they, they're using the mask. I just really hope that, you know what? He wins the tournament. I really hope they don't put him a lucha house party. Me either. Me either. You know what I mean? All right. So that is- <clears throat> they announced on Friday night on SmackDown, 
climb the corporate ladder. They're putting a little twist to money in the bank this year, and I'm into it. I think this is probably going to be shot like what we saw in the Boneyard match and what we saw with Firefly Funhouse. It's going to be shot cinematic, I'm hoping. So climb the corporate ladder for money in the bank. So money in the bank this year will be held at WWE headquarters in, in Connecticut mm-hmm. on the roof. There's going to be a ladder. They're going to be hanging the the, 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 the briefcase with this big-ass crane. Yeah. Dude, I, I'm into this, man. I think this is something different. I think this is something exciting. Uh, they're going to start in the bottom floor. They're going to beat the shit at each other in every level. I'm for it, man. I don't know how we'll, what we're going to get out of this, but I feel like it's going to be some entertaining TV. Uh, Sam, what's your thoughts? Prepare to be sports entertained. That's what I think <laughs> of when I when I hear this this idea, man. I really enjoy it. Um, the minute I like read it, I thought about those vignettes when Stone Cold uh, won, uh, you know, ownership of the company, and he goes into the to the uh, lobby, and the lady's like answering the phone, and he takes the phone from her, and he's like, "This is how you answer." He's like, uh, "Who is this?" Well, what the hell do you want? Like that whole vignette back from the Attitude Era. Um, yeah. It's gonna be fun to see them. I guess I don't know if they're starting at the bottom floor, but going up the steps and everything like that. You can see the, the cameraman running with the cameras and oh I what I hope is they have like they have different camera angles. So you know, like for like the New York City Marathon, there's different camera angles of people running. Yeah, like yeah. I want to see that, like people fighting in the stairs, or some people fighting fighting in the, uh, in the top floor or whatever. Like I want to see different camera angles while I'm watching. It's like an actual like sporting event, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be dope. Um, it's definitely intriguing, and it definitely makes you want to watch. Um, you know, and we saw them knock it out of the park with the Firefly Funhouse match. And we saw them knock it out of the park with the Boneyard match. So who's to say this is going to be bad? I think this is great. I think this is a great idea. Props to whoever thought about this, whoever on the creative team threw this out there. And McMahon. man, this is uh, this is great. Leo, any thoughts? Oh, dude, I love it. Um, again, and, and going back to what we were talking about last week, I think this whole cinematic thing uh, just opened up a whole new door. Um, Again, not only to have the current stuff of what you have to deal with, but when this whole thing is over, or hopefully when the whole thing is over, um, you'll be able to also bring that into your weekly uh, format. Because you know what? Now you're getting people used to this. And, and us wrestling fans, we got to see it in uh, Lucha Underground, which that was one of the biggest things that drew yeah. me to it. Um, just because the whole storytelling, you're able to add layers to characters without actually having them try to go crazy to show something. So this climb the corporate ladder, again, we always uh, talk shit about the WWE, but you know what? I'm going to give that two thumbs up because with the times, you're adapting. You're not letting yourself go. You know, you kind of, and and it's kind of hard for you to say that with the people that got released because it was a lot of people, but you kind of cut the dead weight um, that you're holding it. So now you're really going to know, you know what? We have a Bailey on this. We can't just have her come out and, and, not, and not do something. You know, every yeah. every person that's going to be on TV or every person that's going to be there, you have to use them to their full potential because, you know what, there's cuts coming. You know, we were talking about financial before. There are more cuts coming. Um, so I like what they're doing. Two thumbs up on that, man. Um, by the way, I'm looking at the, at the poster itself. I hope they didn't put anybody that got cut. Just saying. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Revival, uh, well, formerly known as The Revival, they trademark Fear the Revolt. So people are starting to speculate that The Revolt will be their tag team name. Mm. 
Okay. Also came out this week. It got leaked, I think, yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. There were rumors going around when Revival was still in the WWE that they were going to turn them into a comedy act. Oh, after, I, uh, I, be- I believe Bash Wilder, like, tripped, like, during his entrance, and he busted his ass, and then, you know, they caught it or whatever. I was on camera. So then Vince got the bright idea to try to make them a comedy act after that, which they never went through with it. Uh-huh. But uh, it leaked their supposedly attire, and it was kind of a knock. At the Young Bucks. I don't know if you got to see that. Uh, how? Because they had, like, you know, the the like the like bands and the, the, the you know, little... Ah, okay, okay. Because I actually put it up on the screen now. You had the red and uh, the red and yellow version and then also the green and white version. Um, the, the uh, they, they I, look, took, I took it that that was, like, a dig at the Young Bucks. They look like Ninja <laughs> Turtles to me. Just saying. Then they have them wearing lipstick and all this weird shit. Yeah, too. yeah, the lipstick too. Yep, yep, yep. What, what a piece of shit. Yeah, talk about being petty, man. Burying them on the way out and things like that. You know, I'm just happy that they got the release when they didn't. They didn't have to. Go yeah, me too. Me too. Me too. Oh, all right. They, they uh, also had of, tassels, by the way. What was that? Yeah, yeah the, that, the the tassels are the ones they were like. Are they trying to throw shade at the young bucks? That's what that's what I I thought. Mm-hmm. You know. All right. Speaking of tag team wrestling, well, sorta. It's a new day. Yes, it is. Yes, it Big is. E has single, single-handedly won the SmackDown tag titles against The Miz and Jey Uso. It's their eighth title run. Me, personally, no, nothing against the new day. I love those guys, but I would have still wanted to see more than The Miz have those straps, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, like you, you said it perfect, nothing against the new day, but I don't think that the time was right. Maybe Miz and Morrison aren't going to be coming back. Uh, down the line, uh, maybe they see them uh, splitting up. Maybe Miz is in worse condition than we know. S- being sick, we don't know. Um, but you know, it is what it is. We got new tag champs. Now, is this the only reason why they're doing this whole tag team for one because of the Miz? Because when I, when I first heard about it, it, it was actually because you couldn't have more than ten people at ringside. But then that whole twenty four seven thing just threw me off. You know. Like, they really don't care. Well, not only that, but they're still doing tag matches. I yeah. just think questioning six, uh, like, triple threat tag matches, you know? I mm-hmm. think that might be a little too many people. But like you said, then they did the whole 24-7 uh, championship shot, and it's like you had, you know, obviously more than 10 people, people for that uh, segment. <laughs> but again, like, like, so I'm looking at it, and, and I was when I was watching uh, SmackDown this week, um, you know, you still have each of the guys come out, it kind of felt a little campy that you already had Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston pre-record the celebration. You know what I mean? Like you should have them. Put- everything, yeah, everything was pre-recorded. Xavier Woods too. <laughs> yeah, no, but what I'm saying is you should have had them put that up on social media and then recall it back. You know, the week after, not well. Hey, you know what? This is coming out live now, but he, we kind of know that he won. You know? Yeah, I, I won't knock them too much because it's like, you know, they're working with what they got. But, yeah, they could have probably thought that out a little bit better, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, but other than that, you know what? Um, they're very entertaining, whether you like them or not. At the beginning, we thought this was going to be a throwaway idea. They, I think they've been able to, what we said before, was, you know, make chicken salad out of chicken shit with what they were given. And a mm-hmm. eight-time tag team champion. Can't knock them for that. All right. And lastly, and lastly, before we wrap up, because I know I'm going to get Sam all pumped up for this. Let's go, Sam. Yo, fuck Otis. He broke up a perfect friendship with Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville 
Sonya Deville cut an amazing promo on Mandy yes. Rose. But man, I can't stand Otis. He broke up a friendship. He's a piece of garbage. And Dolph Ziggler is a good man. No, man. Don't be coming from a man Otis like that, yo. Put some respect on that belly, bro. Fuck Otis. Fuck yo, Otis. He didn't do nothing wrong. All he right. He broke up a friendship. Sonya broke that friendship up when she no, went behind. It was Otis. Nah, B. Nah, we're not he doing said, this nah, today. <laughs> <laughs> we're not doing this today. Otis is the man. Otis I'm so happy at the end of He's WrestleMania. He's a piece of garbage. Uh-huh. Dolph Ziggler's a good guy, and he broke up a perfect firm friendship. If it wasn't for Otis, they'll probably be the women's tag champions right now. Fuck yeah, Otis. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. That's my boy. <laughs> what do you mean you don't want to hear it? That's my boy. That's Otis, man. He does his thing. That's blue collar do, working right there. Do, do you try to do the Caterpillar, too? I've been doing the Caterpillar my whole life. <laughs> well, I can't. You know what's funny? When I was a kid, when, when Scotty Tuhati used to do the worm, yeah. I used to try and do it. But for whatever reason, I could never do it forward, but I could do it backwards. You know, a lot of people could do it backwards, but they can't do it forward. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's, it's like, I don't know. I just can't do it forwards. I haven't tried it in years. Uh, I'm not doing it today, though. <laughs> that should be yeah, a good challenge. I, I don't think you should, bro. You're probably, <laughs> if you do, you'll probably hurt yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows what happened? But, um, All right. Well, there's no other way to end it with Sam telling us that he tried to do the worm and he couldn't yeah, do it badly. No, no. <laughs> Leo, what's your plug, man? Uh, you can follow me at El Pisache. You can follow me at Showfuboleo at LosRadio.com. Uh, and I think that's about it. Yeah. Uh, Sam? All right. Follow me at Sammy Suplex everywhere Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'm going to do my. Uh, wrestling account instagram shout out for the week uh go give my boy king coley uh a follow like his stuff uh avid belt collector big wrestling fan always dropping uh some some cool content so go uh give king coley a follow and uh that's about it man follow lucha outside bro yeah all right so uh match of the week for me will be uh, the main event this week on NXT, we got the debuting Timothy Thatcher. He uh, replaced Keith Dunn, uh, tagging with Matt Riddle against the Undisputed Era. That's my match of the week. It was a really good match. I wish there was a live crowd you know, to experience that. But uh, I'm glad to see Timothy Thatcher on uh, NXT this week. And also Killer Cross. He made his debut also. Yeah, New, new name? Carrion uh, Cross, I think it is. I'm not really into his first name like that. But, hey, at least they kept Cross in there. So I'm okay with it. Carrion you know? means uh, the uh, rotting flesh or something like that. Like if you actually look at the at what it means, what the word means, it's like uh, rotting flesh. Okay. okay. Yeah, well, you taught me something just now. There you go. <coughs> thank, thank you, Instagram. Let me, uh, let me give a, a quick shout-out to, to uh, Brady and Danielle from the Hill March. Last night, uh, Brady and I went, and then Danielle joined too. We went live, and we were doing like theme song battles, you mm. know, kind of like versus what they've been doing with uh, – uh, Timberland and Swiss um, Beats. We did something like that, very similar. And we were just playing theme songs or whatever, just kind of battling each other. Uh, we'll probably do another one of those somewhere down the line, but it was fun. So I'm going to give the Heel Monster shout out. Also, you can find me at Rated RCK7, but make sure you follow us at Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Lucha Outsiders Everywhere. And that's about it, guys. You can hear that, right?
Yo, there's a lot of negative in wrestling this week, bro. Yeah, man, those releases <laughs> and especially the Howard Finkel passing definitely sucks. He definitely uh, got us bent out of shape. Yeah. But hey, at least we got the network to look at stuff and, and to keep our mind off of things, right? You you know what i actually been doing, Leo? You would have seen this. i actually been going back and watching Lucha Underground. Nice. What about you, Sam? You watching any wrestling stuff? I'm trying. It's hard to just keep up with the current product, man. It's been um, it's been kind of busy over here at the at the Suplex Compound. You know what I mean? At the but, Suplex you know, Compound. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I'm you know, to... I'm gonna go back and watch WrestleMania 17 uh, just to watch um, Mean Gene and uh, Bobby the Hain- uh, the Brain uh, do commentary. Do commentary for that Legends Battle Royale, right? Yep. Yep. I saw like a little clip this morning. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back and watch that today. There you go. I was going to go back and watch that, that football uh, Battle Royale that they had WrestleMania 2, but that was like the worst thing they ever had. Mm-hmm. That, that whole WrestleMania is a hug, man. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> so, but hey, wrestling will get us through this, right? I mean... You know, going back to watching old wrestling or watching the current product again. Yeah. So go, Mario. All right. For the old man, Leo. Yeah. I'm your truly Mr. Radar. Keep a Radar. And stay tuned, please.